Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 332 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and this is Matt Kyle, and that's Luna. Mm. She on, she, she's in there, look at her little faces right in the shot there. <laughs> and you may have wondered why we went to a two-shot to start off today's show. Uh, that's because we have a very special episode for you guys today where we are going to unbox and show off PlayStation VR 2. So my camera, it's normally my one shot, is now being dedicated to show off PlayStation VR 2 for this very special episode of Game Face. Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, thanks a lot to everybody who's made it here today on Thursday. Not our typical day. Um, I was back home on the East Coast for a memorial for my friend who passed away. Um, and I got bad and get back in time to be able to get the show together for Tuesday. So here we are on Thursday. And then the good news is we're going to be back on Tuesday for another episode. Believe it or not. there's. I really thought March might be tough to do episodes, but... I don't know. We're going to be able to do two episodes in a span of five days pretty pretty well, yeah. I think. We have enough games to talk about in both episodes. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, and again, thanks for uh, showing up this special day and time. I know a lot of you guys have kind of set aside Tuesdays as the day to watch Game Face Live. So we, we really appreciate you guys coming around on Thursday. Matt, how has your week been? All right. Um, Living in uh, virtual land. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, and trying to survive furniture. a flood here. Yeah, the, it was a lot of weather and a lot of VR. And <laughs> it's crazy, uh, it's crazy. I know you guys are just like you're sick about hearing about LA, or California weather. It is crazy. It's basically yeah, it's snowed never, here. Never seen anything like that. Before. It is this cold snap we've had. The coldest has been in 35 years. It snowed in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It's insane. What like is visual, going on? in visual range from here. Like yeah. that, usually it's up on the mountains. Where yeah, like, yeah. You know, I was on the Hollywood sign. and Yeah, driving over here today to Matt's house. He, I live on the coast, basically. Matt lives, what, is it eight miles inland, Something roughly? Something like that, Something yeah. like that. So I'm driving towards Matt. I look up, and the mountains around L.A. are white. Like, it's mm -hmm. Denver. I was like, am yeah. I in the right place? Like, like usually there's, like, if when, it, when it's really stormy, there's some, like, snow on the San Gabriel Mountains, like, out east. Yeah. But I've never seen snow on the mountains behind the Hollywood Hills before. Yeah. Like that, like that is, <laughs> that's so brand weird. new. It is the longest stretch of sub 60 degree weather in LA in like 34 years yeah. or something. Like it's. I went home to central Pennsylvania where it's normally like butt cold this time of year. It was warmer there than it is here. Mm -hmm. It's so weird, man. Snowed in Disneyland. Like that's, that's new. Like. Snowed in, uh, snowed in Burbank, snowed, <laughs> like places it doesn't snow. Like there, it's it's real. It was very surprising. It's insane what's going we, on. You know, here we didn't get snowed out because I'm in, you know I'm in the actual flat of the city, but like got down to forty. Oh, I like, got the day before I left. I got sleet and hail mm -hmm. enough to coat my deck with white, like it had snowed. It's just my. And then I go home and my mom is like, "We've got one dusting snow all mm -hmm. winter in central Pennsylvania." Yeah, Pennsylvania's got as much snow as the Hollywood sign. <laughs> exactly. It's really crazy. It's, what's going uh, on. Yeah, and of course, L.A. is not built for any yeah. of this. Like, it's, uh, whole intersections are just becoming lakes. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you'd always see, like, it was always like, oh, this intersection's a lake, and, like, you're just, just like an abandoned Porsche yeah. in the middle. <laughs> like, some <laughs> idiot thought he could drive through it. <laughs> nope, didn't make it. Porsches and Teslas. Like, that was, it's like Teslas who think they, oh, it's not an yeah. aspirated engine, so I can, no, it's still batteries, dude. Like, yeah. you don't want water in the, in the electrical system, I promise. Yeah. Um, I see in chat, Steel City Noob is asking, you guys play Wo Long yet? I started playing Wo Long. Ooh. I didn't play it for long. Ooh. 
Oh, oh. We play, wasn't there a demo of that before? There's another one right now. Another one, yeah, and that carries it, into the... Yeah, and it's like the first three hours of the game or whatever. I didn't like that. I game. haven't got code yet, so I was like, all right, I'll get a jump start by playing this demo. Mm-hmm. Everything was going well till I got to this tiger, mm-hmm. and I couldn't kill the tiger. I fought him like 20 times, and I just gave up. I, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, after that last demo, I'm not inclined to... I was really not tr- particularly... I mean, it is enthused. Game Pass, I think, so it's yeah. it's... Not like, I don't know. I'll, Will we talk about it on Tuesday? Probably. Are we talking about it today? No. Other no. than what we just said. Like, I'll poke at it, I guess. Yeah. But. Um, Lots of housekeeping to get to today, but we're going to try to keep it shorter than usual because this show is big. We have a lot to get to in today's episode, so we're going to try to buzz through these really quickly and spend a little less time than we normally do on our housekeeping. Uh, First thing, Matt, finally, surprising no one, Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree DLC was announced mm-hmm. this week. What do you think that they're going to do with that, Matt? I don't know. Probably, I mean, if the, if history teaches us anything, uh, add a an extra little quest like uh, area, extra thing that's really, really hard. Yeah. Which is what they generally do. Something for expert players. Something basically. for higher level stuff. Yeah. Like, it'll be like a, you know, like, you know. Something that I will not be able to partake in. <laughs> yeah. And they're also adding ray tracing and a bunch of upgrades soon. So. That's pretty cool. Um, that's, that's pretty make cool. It look, they'll make it look better. Yep. Uh, supposed to come sometime this year. No hard date yet, though. I, no. I don't think. Oh, they did say Armored Core 6 will be before it. Oh, really? They, the, or never, Are they, you kidding they me? They didn't say it, but actually, that's the rumor. Somebody said that internally, like, like Armored Core 6 is planned for September, October. So my fantasy gamble may pay yeah, off. Yeah, I think it looks like for once. looks like you might actually uh, get your Armored Core Six. <laughs> Although who knows if it'll actually get decent review scores. But um, yeah, but anyway, so we do have Elden Ring DLC coming. Obviously, yeah. that's a big deal for. That's what I heard is Armored Core Six will come out before this. Okay, uh, for last year's Game of the Year for a lot of folks, that's a big deal. Um, also. Uh, the Wolf Among Us Two has been delayed out of 2023. Does that surprise you at all, Matt? I really didn't have expectations one way or the other, frankly. Yeah. Um, like, you, you put that on there, and I'm like, oh, right, that's a thing. Seems like a simple game for it to be taking so long, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I wonder what the issue is there. Like, it's you feel like the, probably the story and everything's already done. Yeah. Just putting it together, and it feels like you've put that together enough times that... It I don't shouldn't know. be too difficult. A little strange, I thought. Um, but yeah, so that's one game you're not going to have to worry about choosing between at the end of the year, because there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made as we get into the year here, and more and more of these really big games start coming out. Uh, another small thing, there have been, and this is pertinent to today's episode, there have been 20 million Quest headsets sold now, Matt. Mm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a lot. That's more than I thought. Um, what does that say to you? It says that Quest is the only thing that has made any inroads. That wireless at all. VR is wireless probably the way the to go. Thing. Yeah, yeah. at least for the mainstream. You need something that you can get into as fast as it takes you to think, oh, maybe I'll play a VR thing. Yeah. And go. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, also, Hogwarts Legacy sold 12 million units in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Not only that, HBO has now signed the, the video game for a show, that's like the tail wagging the dog a little bit, isn't it? Sort of, but also like, the, I mean, the concept is, you know, a school year at Hogwarts, the show. Yeah. Like, that makes a lot of sense, frankly. I mean, Harry Potter TV show is just a big deal, I guess, all on its own, really. Yeah, well, they, yeah, like they've never done that. But, but like, this is, it's a very obvious show premise when you think about it. Yeah. Um, you- it's re- kind of ridiculous it took a video game to make WB say like, oh, yeah, we could do that. That's what like, I'm saying. It's the tail wagging the dog. Yeah. It's really weird. 
How like, do you... you wonder why there hasn't been more just general media exploring the Hogwarts experience, yeah. quote unquote. Like, obviously, like, you know, the Harry, the late... Harry story is kind of the meat of what the, yeah. the franchise was. But, like, the fantasy of going to Hogwarts was sort of like the core hook for a lot of kids. Yeah. And it's just weird that that was never more of a it is odd. push. Are you surprised that it sold 12 million copies already? That is a little more than I expected. Me it too. To, yeah. Um, Hector said he thought 10 million maybe by the end of the year. Yeah. So he was way off. I mean, I think estimate. I think it's driven. It's 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 dual drivers. I think partly it's driven by the fact that a bunch of people bought this game to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, which partly is I think uh, borne out by the Steam numbers, which have the play the people playing dropped like a rock. Yeah. Like. The, after they the played first it for week. like a couple hours. I mean, some people and... just like finished it. <laughs> oh, right. But you know, obviously, because it's a, you know it's a finishable game in that time. But a lot of it, the, the drop off was significant. The other thing is, um, it's the first big budget Harry Potter game in a long time, and is the first really good by consensus yeah. Harry Potter game ever. Ever, yeah. Like I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah, on ever. I mean on this yeah. level of production. I mean, obviously, like you know, I know I really like the old Game Boy Advance like early games. Yeah. But like in terms of presenting the world as as a, the state of the art video game development like production quality, like have they ever done this before? Yeah, he never did that. For no, sure. it no. always had some B team working on his game, which is really yeah. stupid in hindsight. And like the closest you got was probably like the Deathly Hallows stuff, which was just like their Gears of War with a mm-hmm. wand. Right. But even that was it was just, still yeah not up to scratch like this is. No. So yeah, so, I was surprised that it sold that much. So I think already. it's a combination of, ironically, the controversy, because mm-hmm. I think I think the controversy helped its sales tremendously. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, if you really don't want people to buy this game, you should probably just not talk about it. <laughs> you're um, right. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, it's almost like there's nothing faster to get people to buy buy something than to tell you're them Tell them they to. shouldn't buy you know, it. Yeah, you shouldn't do this. Oh, I'm totally going to do that now. I mean, that's, um, it's not just stuff like this. It's everything. Like, tell somebody not to do something, yeah. they're going to do it. It's and then, of course, the fact that it holds up. Yeah, it's a great part. game. Yeah. I mean, I mean the reviews anyway. I mean, Yahtzee kind of tore it apart. Oh, he didn't like, like it? No, he didn't. The reviews um, have been but weird. Yahtzee, but Yahtzee also doesn't like anything. Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, he just doesn't like open world stuff in general, and like, yeah. a lot, if it's funny because if you if you watch his, his the, the zero punctuation on it, um, he does start by ripping J.K. Rowling oh, yeah. apart, and says like, "Okay, are we are we good? Now we're, we, done? Now, we're now I'm just going to talk about the game." And <laughs> well, like, we kind of did that. We yeah, talked we about did. the controversy one week, but like, and then we talked about the game. But everything week. you praised about it, he says is the he opposite. didn't like it. He's just like, it's a dumb open. It's just another dumb open world <laughs> with nothing to do, and everything's yeah. stupid, and the combat's kind of cool, but like, it doesn't do anything with it. And like, yeah. and uh, oh, the other thing that I think is very funny, because I, I know several other people who have played it and like are kind of like, yeah, they're b- back and forth on this or that. But the one thing everyone has, you're the only person I know who likes the brooms. Really? The, everybody I've talked to hates the flying. Really? Like one guy was, one friend was like, the only. Maybe they grabbed the wrong broom. I don't know. The, the, the only, the, like, they hated flying until they got uh, a, a beasts. No. They, they like riding the beast. See, I got the beast and just stuck with the broom. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I used the beast just to check it out. That's interesting. I enjoyed the broom more. It could depend on which broom you got because you mm-hmm. can choose from the brooms and then which upgrades you got for that broom. That mm-hmm. all changes everything. So anyway, right. um, Hogwarts Legacy doing great and an HBO show is coming. Yeah, I think you're you're probably going to get a sequel on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like you know what? <laughs> Maybe they will put Quidditch in that one. I think they will. I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't like an Elden Ring thing where yeah. you didn't think there was going to be DLC at first, but now they're like, oh wait a minute, maybe we. Can. Oh, I bet they'll put some. They'll, they'll whip up some things, yeah. but I, I bet you'll get them. Quidditch is more. a big, a big. Problem. I don't think Quidditch will be in DLC. Yeah, I think Quidditch problem. will be. But I do think like. I mean, the problem is you got to make, an, that you make another game inside a game for that, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think you've got the monetary justification for that. Yeah, now. absolutely. So. Uh, it's the only else? thing missing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it was announced this week that Shinji Mikami is leaving his studio Tango Softworks under Bethesda. Um, I am friends with him on Facebook, and he hasn't. It doesn't seem like he's been doing a lot of game developing lately. Um, he's prolific on Facebook. He posts mm-hmm. like all day, every day. He's been doing a lot of vacationing. Like, just relaxing, chilling with friends, stuff like that. So The man's kind of been going nonstop for, like, 30 years. A long time, yeah. And there's no word on what he's going to do. For those of you who don't know, uh, Shinji Mikami created Resident Evil. He's also the guy who made Resident Evil 4 initially. Devil May Cry. Devil May, yeah. I mean, he's he's a savant in a lot of ways. He's he's, one of the people who built modern Capcom. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Tango does without him. Now, Tango just released Hi-Fi Rush, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like... Mikami didn't have a lot to do with that. So it does look like Tango is maybe Tango's on Tango's clearly point. got their 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 deal yeah. going on. So they like, may they, maybe they'll be okay without cur- it. But I'm curious to see where he ends up. Yep. No word though where he's going. He yeah. hasn't announced anything. Or if he just retired. Or he's just retiring. Yeah. It could be. He's still young. He looks young anyway. Um also, Nintendo finally confirmed this week it is not gonna go to E3. And its reasoning mm. was like whatever dude like like, Mm -hmm. it's not aligning with our schedule it's like whatever it was was almost worse than like (laughs) if they just didn't show up it was like oh yeah that yeah we we know i don't think we can get to that this year i mean have fun it's cool it was just so blase it was so like oh that thing yeah um yeah we're not sorry we're not gonna make it It was it was just so they are over it like everyone the the big three are so over the e3 thing i mean this e3 Oh boy! Uh, this E three, we are looking to Konami to save the day. That's how dire this is. Great segue, Matt, into <laughs> our next item in housekeeping, which is according to reports from VGC, Metal Gear Solid Three remake and a new Castlevania are going to be at E three from Konami, no less, not mm-hmm. from some other publisher or developer, from Konami. Now, obviously, Konami is going to partner with someone. I highly doubt these games are going to be developed internally. Um, right. My, no, my yeah, guess is they find a partner to work on these yeah, games. Yeah, they're definitely contracting these out. For but sure. Konami finally doing something with Castlevania? Huh? Crazy. It is crazy. Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake. It could stand to be remade. Oh, yeah. There's a oh, whole yeah. lot of clunk in Metal Gear Solid 3. All, all those games could stand could. to be remade. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't start with the first one. Yeah. That seemed like the most obvious, lowest hanging fruit to me, but... Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I know that there's collections and stuff you can get on more or less modern platforms outside of, you know, 4, which is mm-hmm. trapped on the PS3 forever. But, like, how weird is that that the PS3 got a system update this week? That is um, bizarre. There must like, have been some kind of exploit where, like, for piracy yeah, something or something. Was, yeah, clearly yeah. something. But, like, it's just weird. Like, you even try to play them now and they don't work properly. Like, it's very hard to play Metal Gear Solid 2 on anything that's not a PS2 PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, from a certain era because they that uses the the pressure sensitive button thing for the right. shooting right you know? i forgot about that because you hold yeah. the button down to aim the gun and you let it right. go to shoot that's right I and like it's that. it's it's very awkward if you're not using one and they yep. you know that functionality hasn't been in ps2 playstation controllers for what two generations yeah so like there's a revamp that kind of needs They'll to happen to happen there yeah um and then finally Hell, you could remake five and put the action finish the actual fucking story that would be good yep um, and then finally, we got a little bit of good news in that Mortal Kombat 12 is coming out this year. Yeah, good news out of an investor call. What the, yeah. What way the to build heck? the hype, Warner. Like, what? What? <laughs> Warner Brothers, what is it doing, man? Very strange. It seems like they're like, oh, we got a hit. Now we're just going to go rogue. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, according to Warner Brothers itself in its like financial call, MK12 coming sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Not even officially announced yet. 
Well, I guess it is now. You know, I mean, that's that's official, I would <laughs> it's, say. It's, it's about as official as it gets. If so. it's not official, that's illegal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't lie to investors like that. So, so, Matt, this could end up being an incredible year for fighting games. Yeah, between Street Fighter and Tekken and this, like, that's everybody. I mean, that's we the, may those be able to give out, three. like, a fighting game award for our Game of the Year awards this year. Yeah, it might be enough to fill that out. <laughs> Hey, Sega, where's Virtual Fighter 6? Yeah, exactly. Like, long as we're, That's all we need next. As long as we're redoing the, the 90s. <laughs> Thanks, Last of Us. <laughs> Absolutely. Bringing in Mortal Kombat 2, and all of a sudden, the fighting games are back again. Yeah, yeah. So uh, lots of big, well, lots of media, middle yeah. stuff, mid Although stuff. Although apparently the guy who created uh, Blaze Blue left Arc System Works this really? week. Really? Yeah. After That's like 20-some years. Like, so, yeah. I mean, you wonder how these like how much these like ancient veterans kind of, you know, he's probably like what forty five, but like yeah. you wonder how much they like still are day to day involved in that stuff. But yeah. you never know. Like you, sometimes it matters who's up at the top saying yes or no yeah. to the decisions. I would argue most of the time it does. Mm. So lots of mid news, as the kids say nowadays. Yeah. Mid. I don't know where the, why that phrase became a thing all of a sudden. Uh, but there's lots of stories like that this week, and we have a great show for you guys today. As you can tell, we got PlayStation VR 2 here. Matt's been playing it for, what, like seven or eight days at this point? Um, Yeah, I mean, I played it mostly this week. Yeah. I'll be honest, it took me a while to actually open the box. Really? I don't it care. sat I don't there care. for a while? Yeah, it sat there. <laughs> I was doing other things. I was playing Octopath Path Traveler. It was raining. I, you know, and to play it, I have to move all my furniture around and put my contacts in. And all. it was like, yeah, it was it, whatever. So I got to it around, like I think, Monday. I finally got to it. Okay. So, also, uh, so, playing it later meant that it was fresher in my mind when we talked about it on the show. That's bullshit, but I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> we'll just go with it. Uh, so, we are going to talk about Octopath Traveler 2 as well. We talked about it a little bit in a prior episode, but Matt and I have both been playing the final retail version of that. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy 16. We're going to talk about Sony State of Play. We're going to talk about Kirby's Return to Dreamland. We have a big show for you guys. Before we get started, let's check in with you. See what you guys are saying in our chat right now. Um, here, the U.S. judge apparently asking Sony for their exclusivity contract. So I guess people are talking about the Activision Blizzard thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that there was movement on that, actually. I would, if, whatever. That would be new, like, in the last hour, I think. Yeah. Emperor Dread, Jeff keeps racking up a body count on E3's hopes and dreams. It does make me wonder, though, if, if they're just not going to be there at all for even Jeff's stuff. Or if this is Nintendo's way of saying, we're working with Jeff. I mean, I bet they'll have some kind of direct around that time. Yeah. But like, yeah, clearly they're not going to be on the floor. Um, if they show up to Jeff's thing, that would be, that's a message. That would be a big deal. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sneaky says, I don't think people really spent 70 to 80 quid to be an a-hole. Meaning like buying, buying Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think some people bought it despite yeah controversy for sure i don't know how many but definitely some uh what else you guys got in here people donate millions to be assholes i guarantee you buying a video video game (laughs) buying a video game is a very minor minor expense in that regard uh still city noob uh from pittsburgh by the way shane what's up fellow Steeler and penguin fan i'm assuming we'll not talk about the pirates because there's no point in doing that um, did either of you get PlayStation VR 2 yet yep absolutely obviously you can see it sitting sitting right right next to matt and we're going to talk about it in like a minute um, uh, still snowing here in New Mexico right now from Cantano. The weather is just nuts. It really is just bizarre. Uh, Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. Get up, kid. One two eight four. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Eric Cartman is more my bloody Valentine. I was playing some of them via, before the show today. 
Um, Sound Wizard, thank you for gifting all these tier one subs to our audience. That's awesome. And thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime as well. Um, Swanlin, Stolte69, Johnny Hurricane, Ptor91, and Wampler13, thank you all for subscribing with Twitch Prime. Wampler13, 60 months you've done it, man. Thank you so, so much. Okay. We're just about ready to get on with Game Phase 332, but first, here's a word from our sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. Matt, those drinks look delicious. I do. You gotta get some gold silverware for the next time I drink that. <laughs> Whoever made those drinks is like an artist. Mm -hmm. Those are amazing, those drinks, man. I feel like I could taste them right through the screen. That, that looks like stuff you'd get at like Epcot Center yeah, or something. Seriously. Like. Uh, support LS Cream. They're awesome. They're hooking us up. The owner is a gamer. The owner is a sifter. Go buy a bottle right now. And with that, it's time for us to get on with episode 332. We're going to kick things off with PlayStation VR 2. Matt has had it for a week now. Mm. I have not played it at all. So this is all going to be about Matt and his experience over the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the first thing I would ask, well, let's let's break it up. Let's talk about the hardware, then we'll talk about the games. Mm. What has surprised you the most about the hardware so far, Matt? Um, I think the most surprising thing about the hardware is how good it is. Um, it is... And granted, like I've only messed a little bit with modern quest stuff. I've not played, you know, the the index or any of the, you know, my 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 long experience with VR stuff is PSVR one and the original Vive, mm -hmm. uh, and occasional dabbling at demos or whatever of of other stuff. Um, this thing is head and shoulders above the previous one in a way that is um, so impressive. It almost it's almost insulting that they sold us the first one. I feel a little um, insulted over the first one still. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it just, this should have, if this had been, I mean, obviously they would have had to wait until now to have this be affordable and functional at the time, but they probably should have waited until this was what they could launch because this thing is really good. I mean, it's one of my biggest regrets. I, I will say us. it is, it is like it is a five. It is worth five hundred dollars tech wise. Like you are, you play this and you're like, yeah, this is a five hundred dollar headset. You don't feel like sure. you're being ripped off. No, this is not like this is not like the PSVR one kind of had that. Like, well, it's a console and it's like it was cheaper, so it can't yeah. you can't expect the rooms lower no. expectations. Basically, no, this is this is on par with anything I've tried VR wise. It is uh, shockingly clear. The the um. The, even when you're just looking at the menus and stuff, uh, you do have to angle it the right way and get everything set up for it. But once you do that, it's fine. Um, the, 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 the eye tracking is phenomenal. Like, there is absolutely no more, like, 
it's in focus here and if you look with your eye because we look with our eyes you know so you had to learn in the old headsets like to look with your whole head head, yeah gone not at all you just can use everything yeah i I am that was never anything that was out of focus beyond like sort of just you know so the foveated rendering is that quick it is you have you can't like jut your eyes i've never i've never caught it wow and and in fact when they impressive when you first like like uh, calibrate it after you do, they have you do like you know, like you used to do in the old computers, like hold the joystick up in the corner and then down to the corner, center it. They have you do that with your eyes, like a few times uh-huh. against different backgrounds, and then they say, okay, try it out. Like everywhere you look at these these lights, they'll light up and make a noise, and it's you you can go like that, and it's like like it's like it's like that. Wow, it's fast. It's very fast. That's awesome. Um, so that really works. The the controller, the control, it's still very comfortable. Um, like that was one of the best things about the first PlayStation VR. Yeah, the first, it's still very comfortable, just like the first one. You do have to wear the band a little further down the back of your head, um, which I can see some people having a problem with. And it's got a, the tightening thing. You do need it to be pretty tight so it doesn't slide back up because the place the headset needs to sit for it to be perfect for the sweet spot is a little lower on your face than you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, you need the headband to be pretty low to hold it there. Um, but it does stay pretty well. Um, and uh, what about weight? Very very light. Is it same weight as the last one, basically? It's the same or lighter. Yeah. Not, I wouldn't... Oh, I, I don't notice a difference. Okay. Because um, that's also a big deal with HIV. The other nice thing about it is there is a button on the underside on the right, and if you press it, you get... It switches the view to the room you're in. Like, it switches yeah, to the external cameras. You, the, you just look around. It's all black and white, but mm-hmm. you can look around and see everything. If you, That's how you... Because you know, when if you first put it on, you don't have the controllers. And I'm right. like, well, how are you going to have me pick up the control? And they're like, oh, press this button. And I can say, now go pick up the control. I'm like, oh, that's great. So, like, if some, you know, if the if a phone... The, I get a phone, like a text message or right. something. You can check it. I can just put that on, look at the phone, deal with it. Great. That's Done. nice. Yeah. Um, That's a nice... Everything. All those headsets. Maybe that's standard equipment now. I don't yeah. know. Like, maybe Quest does... It's been a while. Because as long as you have the, the self... <laughs> You know, rooms the self-tracking cameras on the thing. You might, you know, you might as well do that. Yeah. Um. So that that's cool. Uh. The 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 controllers are very comfortable. Um, they're really light. They're very light. You barely know you're holding them. Yeah. They do track. I was surprised. They by do that. on at least several of the games. They do track your where your fingers are. Like on Horizon, you can thumbs up. You can point. You can you can do do finger guns mm-hmm. and you can like your your other fingers like the, your other three fingers move as kind of a unit. Okay, and it, I'm and like it, a mitten. Yeah, and you don't need to press the button. It knows when you're touching. Oh, button. okay. So like all you need to do is rest your fingers on the buttons and that your hand will close in the game. God, gotcha. I missed some good stuff early on in the, in the opening of the game because I was too busy looking at how my hands worked. Yeah, and I wasn't looking. Seems at like the a lot of people were doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, so that was that's it, the the and the only downside to the controllers is that they um they run out of batteries in like three hours. Kind of like the DualSense. My biggest complaint with the DualSense is the battery yeah, life. Yeah, DualSense also. So these things definitely run low in about three hours. Uh, so uh, Tuesday in particular, Tuesday I played for like seven or eight hours, and I would have played mostly straight through, except I had to take breaks to recharge the controllers. Oh jeez. Um, now they do recharge in like twenty minutes. They're pretty. Oh, they're pretty amazing. fast. Like they're like USB C. Yeah, USB C, and again, they don't hold much of a charge, so it doesn't take that long. Now, did you the, say that you, they only gave you one USB? Yeah, there's only cable? one USB cable in the box. That's ridiculous. And you need two to charge both. So I'm using like my, and and I was also charging my PlayStation, my DualSense. Right, right. So I stole a USB cable from my uh, Switch. Yeah, Switch dock, and I've been using that. Um, the other thing, um, it doesn't come with any um, like a cleaning cloth. 
Oh, the, really? The first the first PSVR came with a really nice, large, like, microfiber cloth mm-hmm. to clean the lenses. This comes with nothing. Weird. It's like, it's, it's, it is weird. It's just They're like, cutting okay. corners in weird places. You get, you, so you just get, um, I guess we If you want to open it up the there, yeah. Luna's out of here. We're going to do that. <laughs> She's like, later. <laughs> so that's just, uh, this is just an extra, this is just the box that holds, um, whoop. That's the US, that's the single USB cable and the instructions and extra headphone thing. This is the headphones, so they they um, where are you? There you are. They plug into the bottom of the headset with these. Yeah, things. that thing's weird. The they headset. Ha- they kind of hang off the back, and yeah. you can just kind of stick them in, and they, they're they're super short, so they just reach your ears, and you don't need to like worry about another cord dangling around. That was always awkward too with the first PlayStation VR. Yeah. Was. Like putting the headphones yeah. on un, kind of underneath the HMD. And this it, is something that I like, Matt. How this box is designed yeah. to easily throw the stuff back in it to transport yeah, just it. Sit somewhere. it in there. Like the the first one, I never managed to get it back in the box. I Me mean, either. I could never figure so out how to get it back in clear, there. Very clear, like trays. Yep. Um, you know, here's the main controller. You can tell how light it is just watching you handle it. Yeah, it's got barely any heft to it, but it but it, the feedback's good. Like when you pull the the bow back. You feel it. Really? Sure. And the other thing that I wasn't super ready for is that there's, I, I'm sure they'd said this and I just forgot, that there's vibration in the headset. No, that's right. And yeah. like, so when shit flies <laughs> over you in like Horizon, it like vibrates on your head and I'm like, I'm like that's a weird sensation. Wow, like that is weird. So, that's the other one. Yeah. Very similar. Um, you know, the, the buttons are, are pretty flush, but you can feel like you always know where your hands are. It's Matt, very how does it replicate resistance? So say I saw I read somewhere where someone was like, oh, I was playing um, Horizon Call of the Mountain and I put my hand in the water and I could feel my hand dragging in the water. How does it replicate kind of that feeling? It's just like a it's just like the same thing as the 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 vibration on the dual sense. So it's, it's not like a resistance that you feel. No, it's, it's just it's, a rumble. It's a it's a rumble that like does feel like it kind of has a direction to it uh-huh. but i feel like it's got to be like a whatever spinning is spinning to make the, the resistance a certain direction okay got it's you. not it's not super convincing yeah when you do stuff like that okay but you can't it's it's there they thought of it yep um and then the headset yep pull it out put this down this is all the wire there's some cat hair on it <laughs> so it looks very similar it looks similar but it's more sleek yeah not as bulky it looks like it would actually maybe weigh less than the it original maybe one. and then here's a button so this is uh this is the c there this is this the i want to see what's around me button this is the power button and this is uh something else I don't know what that is. Well, I think it's a speaker. That's oh. like, so it beeps when you know it's ready or whatever. Oh, okay. And then back here, you can see back here is uh, these are where the holes are for the for the, the headset, headset that we showed you a minute ago. And it does take any headset. Like you can plug any any headphones in you want. It's so just, you can make a normal headset yeah, work. Yeah, it's just designed for that. And then this is the the dial to tighten it up. Dial to tighten it up. It goes way back. Oh wow, that's one big ass head. <laughs> and then you can. Yeah, and then there's a button here. For it release. Pops it open, and then yeah. there's the usual. Yeah, that which is good if you have glasses. It does fit glasses in, but again, it makes the lenses far enough away from you that I that it's a little subpar experience. So I definitely would recommend contacts if you need that. 
Then there's the um, dial on top, right? Which kind of oh, that that controls the the space between your eyes, yeah. which is key. The first time you put that on, it's like they're, they're like it doesn't tell you to do that for a step or two. And I'm like, why can't I see anything? This is a, and then like you dial that out and it puts everything in focus and it's fine. Any complaints of the hardware so far? No, not that's that's great. Not that's like not you know universal to all heads it's, you know it's too hot sometimes yeah and it's, it can be uncomfortable and like it, you know, the so first one was like that too I if sl- something I fogs if it fogs up you're like wait is that fogged up or do i need to clean the <laughs> lens the or am i looking at the reflection <laughs> of my own retina like i don't you know sometimes yeah. you're not sure mm-hmm. uh the one th- but it also it's sort of that same vr thing where it's like don't get too hung up on what it looks like in a blank screen yeah because once everything's happening you're not going to think about it yeah um i will say you know it's not perfectly clear there is still a little screen dooring if you like that look was for the big it question i had yeah if you look for it you can see it but it's pretty convincing otherwise like there's moments in like horizon where you're standing around talking to people and they're like the character you're looking right at is in pretty good focus everyone else is a little fuzzy and is that you, the foveated rendering though maybe i can't i don't think it's a foveated rendering i think it's just it's just not quite 4k there. you know it's not yeah. crystal clear yeah. you know you're, you're used to seeing crystal clear 4k images from a lot of these systems and this is more but it's way 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 better than the first oh yeah psvr it's it's not even close like yeah. it's like it's like looking at a ps5 game in a way that is that just the psvr did not replicate looking at a ps4 game now value wise do you feel like the 550 that you spent is um is in is in the box i i do think it's a pretty good headset for five five hundred bucks the problem is not the hardware the problem is do i trust sony to support it past a year right and i do not yeah um but what i can turn just if you ignore if you pretend that this is going to be robustly supported for five to ten years uh this is a really nice piece of hardware and it's a huge improvement from the first you know it's obviously it's just just the usb cable there's well the one thing i noticed no breakout box there's no extra cable there's no nothing the one thing you plug I it in and you go. It's how short the unboxing was. Yeah. Because all you had to unbox was the headset, the two controllers, and like one cable. Mm-hmm. Last time, I mean, like we said, you couldn't even figure out how to get all the crap back into the box after yeah. you took it out of there because there was the breakout box and there was like three different cables and, and the mm-hmm. cables were real, th- real thick and bulky. Like now you just have a USB C cable basically going from yeah. the headset to the console, yeah, right? That's all it is. And then I also say too, it right? is longer. It reaches my couch. So the, pre- the PlayStation VR 1 uh, was not, the cable was not long enough for me to sit comfortably on my couch and use it mm-hmm. it was like six inches too short yeah this one actually does reach i can sit on my couch and lean back and play gran turismo and it's fine yeah um so they did fix that too um uh it's 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 a really impressive piece of hardware i'm like surprised you really have no complaints that's not really i mean I, my only complaint is that the the controllers run out of juice too fast yeah. now, to be fair are a lot of people going to play three hours straight of VR? Probably not. Most I mean, I will say I did not. You know, I did not get any twinge of motion sickness at all. Uh, the closest I came was Gran Turismo, mm. which is weird because that's, that the, that's one, of the, one of the few You're games I played in sitting place down. And yeah. You're sitting down playing a car game, but here's yeah. the thing: what what I would get, I get little bits of vertigo when something, when a hard maneuver or something, when something happens that I'm, you know, I've been driving for thirty, yeah, thirty years, <laughs> yeah. And when it was, it's when something happens where I would expect to feel my body move in sure. a direction, yeah. and it doesn't happen. The G forces are my there. my brain like flips over and is ah. like, "What's going on?" Like, <laughs> that that is the only time. Like, so I played like three races the first time, and after three races, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to take a break and see if I'm doing all right." And then 
it was fine. And then like this morning I had breakfast and I played like five races immediately after that and fine. It was all good. Yeah. I'm just I'm just used to that weird sensation now when I'm but I will say but it's, yeah, but other than that, um yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. Like I'm 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 a little shocked. Like I really don't have much I think the headphones that come with it are kinda crappy. Yeah. Um but how many people are gonna most people, most are people use have their own, own earbuds or yeah, whatever so that they're probably gonna use anyway. Not really an issue. Are the heads are the headsets good though? Are they the Sony three D audio? Um know? they do I think they do have some three D audio to yeah. them. I didn't notice a ton of it, but like um I don't really have any complaints. Mm-hmm. Um I never did figure out how to turn the volume up. If, if what you, on the headphones? On the you headphones, mean? if you can, I don't know. Is I there not some kind of a dashboard that you can pull up? There is, but it's a little wonky and it's not super helpful in places. Like, and it does a thing where, like, especially when you're playing sitting down, because there's two ways you can play sitting down, or you can play room space. Mm-hmm. And the way room space works is you have to, you know, clear out. They want you to clear out. I think it's like a, like an eight by six space or seven by six or something. And the way it works is you stand there and it says, okay, we're going to scan the room. Look at everything in the room. So like you, They don't tell you what specifically to look at. They say to look at everything. Oh. The ceiling, the whole thing. So you, they, you, And as you look at everything, it paints it like a, a different color. So you look around and basically, you know, once you've like looked at everything in the room, it says, okay, we got it. And it shows you your playable space. And then like you can go around and move stuff around if you want. Does and it warn you if you're getting outside the boundaries? It does. It, it puts the grid up. Oh, okay. But, like, it, it, but you can like paint the the area larger if like if you like because so, like when i did it it wasn't quite big enough for what it wanted so i moved with the to his credit with the headset on i moved my couch back another three feet wow um with the controllers hanging from my wrists on their on their loops uh-huh. move that back and then you use the controllers to paint the the play space out further because i'm guessing it airs on the side of caution it does yeah um, which is smart <laughs> let's be let's be so fair. we did that and i didn't have any problems wandering outside the the zone really like you know it's just sort of stand in one place it scans everything very well and mm-hmm. i was playing in that living room with you know the overhead lights on and the tv was on and there was some sun from the you know not direct sunlight they warned you about direct sunlight can mess up the tracking yeah uh and then if you want but if you want to play sitting down so that and it remembers that space it knows the room and as a matter of fact it knows the room to the point that like It'll it'll check if you if they've played in that room before. So like if you borrow this and come back and I plug it back in, it'll be like, oh, we know this room. Oh, we've now we're in Matt's before. living room. We don't need to recalibrate. Wow, for that. that's pretty cool. But there's another thing where you can say, I'm going to play it sitting down, and then it, like you play it while you're sitting where you're going to sit, and it creates sort of a, a circle around you that says, is this where you're going to play? And I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm going to play. Okay, okay, this is where you're sitting now. Watch out for other things, but this is where you'll be for this. And then every once in a while, like while playing Gran Turismo or or, or Res, it would be like, oh, can't can't track this. Something's wrong. And a couple times I had to tell it again that I was playing sitting down. Um, but other than that, like it, it it's been pretty smooth, and the tracking was very very precise. It sounds really slick. It is. It is. I mean, it's, I you know again, if I was confident at all about the software support going forward past the launch window and past like a year from now um i would be i would be saying like yeah you're, you get you get a 500 dollars headset for this like yeah. and, and and experience like that is legit um but obviously that is you know it's a t- there's, there's another side of that coin there yeah um but i am very happy with the hardware I have, to, I have to admit, in a way, in a way, I didn't expect because I'm, you know, I'm sensitive to stuff that's too blurry or stuff yeah. that doesn't move properly or things that you know. I'm excited t- to try it. To see take if you I out of it. You know, I mean, the sick. only the only stuff that takes took me out of any of the stuff in the games is stuff that's just inherent to VR, like when you're doing all the climbing in, in Horizon. 
and you're moving around and you're quite kind of turned around weird and you can't can't quite do that because like you because obviously your body's not automatically turning with the climbing and so you're sort of facing the wrong way and you got to turn around and i got wrapped up in the cable a couple times doing that yeah um but other than that like yeah like every it does what it says it says what it does and uh, i think it delivers on everything it hyped itself up to be in terms of the hardware let's talk about the software now so obviously mm-hmm. the big quote unquote killer app for playstation vr2 we're seeing it right now mm-hmm. it's horizon call of the mountain is it a killer app no um <laughs> but it is good yeah like it's, it's it's is it a reason to buy a 500 vr headset no not not remotely but it is a nice demo of it when that thing flies over the the headset rattles in a way that you're like what the so hell? you can feel like, like the yeah, wind going it's over very it's very noticeable and when you now yeah here's you know again, I, everyone is going to play with their hands when they first get in this boat yeah um yeah, and I will. It, the The best thing about it is um, because everything is sharper and more high, high, higher res, and you know, in, you know, just just more pre- presented better. Everything in this scene feels like it's there and heavy and weighty, and you, like you 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 feel like you're there and that these things are stepping over you. I mean, the machines and tangible in a way that a lot of the PSVR one stuff just didn't. Yeah, the scale um, of those machines, seeing them from its perspective. They're way bigger, yeah, than I thought they were. Yeah, they're they're, they're even like the stuff like the little like the um the, the gazelles and yeah, the like, little even ones. the watchers are huge. They're scary. Um, <laughs> like, and and on the on the flip side, <laughs> at one point you do run into Aloy. Aloy is br- briefly shown because I think it takes place like at, in, in the beginning of Forbidden West because I think she's passing through uh, the Sun Empire or whatever on her way west. And she helps you. She shows you where the mountain is that you need to climb. This is cool right and here. She takes Look at off. this. Your yeah. hand. It. It. The... There's a lot of interaction with things in this. That's very. Impressive. <laughs> it's really crazy. But I was shocked because like Aloy, Aloy's tiny. Oh really? Like she came up to like my chin, and I'm oh, like, really? I'm like, I was like, why are you How so small? How small is she supposed to be? Well, I go- I looked it up on the wiki afterwards, and she's five six. Really? And I was like, I I don't know. In my head, she was like five eleven. I, I thought mean, she was, she was almost, like six foot. I she thought. was almost as tall as me. Yeah. Like in my head. That's and, what I but no, she's this tiny little girl. Wow. Like, and I'm like, wow, that's weird. And like, if if I had been there in real life, it would have been super awkward because I've been like, <laughs> I just thought you'd be taller. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's like it's okay like yeah um but yeah the monsters are the, the machines are huge and like and i will say like um you are stuck playing a shadow karja guy um like there's no you don't pick your character you're, you're playing this shadow is there Kar- any plot to this at all oh yeah it's yeah. a big plot it's a pretty story heavy so it's you are a shadow karja and they are transporting you because um your whole family you were part of the karja and your fa- whole family ended up joining the shadow karja in the first game and now it's over, and the Shadow Cards have been, you know, pushed back and stuff. And uh, your brother, your older brother, went up to up the mountain to the, up the Sun Spear to find some thing or other, and has not returned. And the um... <laughs> that's funny. And then the um... uh... and then they they take you back. And the base of the, the 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 head of the of the of the the sun people, the Karja, was basically like, we sent someone after them, and he didn't. They didn't come back, so we want you to climb the mountain, and because your 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 reputation as a great climber 
precedes you. So take go up there and bring our person back and find your brother and find the thing he was looking for because we need it because of the renegade machine thing that's going on. So the whole object is to get to the. So top the object is literally to climb the whole mountain. Okay. Um, which does take a very long time, and you there's periodically you come back down to the village and it's crafting and like gathering wow. e- gathering equipment and the crafting is actually pretty cool because um oh, sorry dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the crafting is actually pretty cool because um, you actually have to put the items. You together. craft it like you have to put the arrow together. You have to put your pick together and like oh, there's cool. little diagrams to follow and stuff. Um, and that all works surprisingly well. Like you got to wrap it with like string and stuff. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, the only downside is every once in a while I'd clack the controllers together. Oh, like, I can I'd, see that. I forget the. But actually, I think the 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 ring is actually in part to guard you to keep from, you from I doing think, that. I think that's partly why those are there. Um, but I am kind of waiting for like black scuff marks to appear. Oh, this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but so yeah, like it's 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 robust. Like you 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 have all the different ammo types that you have. You know, for the bow, um, the bow works really really well. Um, I think they're using the eye tracking to kind of tell what you are aiming at. That because be I hit what I'm aiming at like ninety percent of the time, even when we're Look in the this. middle of fight. Yeah, it's really you can, crazy. You can touch almost anything in this game. That's it's nuts, re- man. It, like the first time you get to like a little like camp thing, you're like, oh, I wonder if I. Oh yeah, I can take the lids off all these things. There's stuff inside, and there's torches you can light. And you can, you know, there, was a, there was a dish, and I was throwing the dish up in the air and catching it, and I missed it, and it fell on the ground, and it shattered into a bunch of pieces. And you can take the pieces and touch other things with the pieces. At one point, and you, you, um, you uh, gain health back by eating like fruit, eating like mm-hmm. like apples and pears. But you actually pick up and eat. Yeah, you actually. Well, you can also pick them up and juggle them. No way. Like I, I, was, I was like trying to juggle fruit wow, at one man. point, and it was actually kind of what. That's work. insane. And I could do that with um, with the torches. You can flip them and grab them really? and catch them that way. Like it's like it's very sensitive. And Holy. And matter of fact, on the Star Wars game, I played the the Tales from the the Galaxy's Edge game, and you you got to carry guns around in that because you can put blasters on your hips, but you can carry extra guns because they run out of they have finite ammo, so you yeah. keep, have to keep picking up weapons and to pick up other objects like inventory things that the enemies would drop i just throw the gun in the air pick everything up and then catch it as it came down yeah like that's how precise that's how sense i like and it all worked it was just like i mean yeah they're helping you they know what you're trying to grab so they kind of teleports to your hand but it feels good yeah um and feel it feels good to shoot stuff in this like it's you know the first hand the first person stuff where you're uh shooting them and like you, know, you see everything blow up, and it's the same. You know, the little hit points come out. Your weak spots are all the same. If you played Horizon, you got an advantage because you know what to shoot. Yeah. Um, it's uh, th- that, all that stuff is really cool. The one thing I will say is the um, the 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 combat is not super common. It doesn't happen a whole lot. What you're mostly doing is climbing. Yeah, um, I guessed that when we first saw this game. That yeah, it's gonna be mostly climbing with little interspurt. Watch this. This blows my mind, Matt. Yeah. So watch this. Breaks the plate. Yeah. And then he'll. Pick up a piece of the plate. Mm-hmm. This is this is pretty impressive, man. For PlayStation VR two, something that you bought for five hundred bucks, you can pick up individual pieces of the plate. Yep. Now watch, he can manipulate. This is crazy, man. Yeah, it's remarkable. Like it really is. And there's a bunch of stuff where watch they, this. Now he scrapes. Scrape it into the bowl. It, into like, yeah. the the. It's crazy. It, it's really neat, and like. <laughs> And you'll 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 you eventually you start to learn to do stuff like like you're like okay I'm carrying this around to do this and I gotta do this on this thing Look and you're at like that. and you're just like oh I'll just put That's this over not, here so awesome man and you're, and you're just like oh I'll just take this I'll put this on here while I'm doing this thing over here and you come back over pick up like it becomes very second nature manipulating crazy. things in the environment it's really awesome like that to me like blew my mind why that yeah. little clip right there I was like whoa 
That's some intense stuff, man. Um, and you eventually, oh, that's your, your gong. People are asking some questions, so I want to get to them before we get too far away. Um, El Guapo3385, Matt, I've heard about connectivity issues with the controllers, specifically the left one dropping connection. Any instances of that in your playthrough? Never. Never. Okay. Um, let's see, there's one other one I think I saw here. I have had absolutely no problem with the controllers at all, except for the fact that they run out of batteries in like three hours. God of Gamblers 33, I kept picking up apples and throwing them at AI characters. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's, uh, oh, and, um, the bow is left or right-handed. Oh, it is? And you can, you can pick at the beginning of the game, like, what you want, but you're not stuck with that, because the way you put it away and, and pull it out is you reach behind your shoulder and press, uh, L2. Mm-hmm. And if you reach, if you if you put it away on like doing that, and then you reach behind your shoulder and press press L two with your right hand, it'll come out on your right hand. So you can switch hands. Oh, cool! You want. And it even if you if you look at the the left hand on this, you'll see like like little like looks like little like metal feathers, green feathers. That's your life bar. Oh, okay. So the the, the green disappears as you get hurt, and um, that will switch hands depending on which hand you're using to shoot the bow. People are asking, how on rails is it? How much is it on rails? Um, very. Okay. Uh, like, there, there's little side areas you can go through to find, like, like loot and, like, crafting materials you wouldn't otherwise. Um, and there's what's called legendary climbs, which are, like, optional long climbs where there's, like, something good at the top. Usually there's a bunch of those in the game. Um, but it's pretty linear. Like, it's, it's like, and you do have to, ba- you have to, like, you can fast travel through the campfire. So, like, there are moments where you'll go through a certain point, you get what you need fast travel back to the camp and then you can go to this war table map table thing and pick where you want to go go back and get collectibles go back and get that's the war table there and so you, you can go back into to previous levels but they are definitely linear and there's like, aloy you're right look how little she is she's so small <laughs> it's really crazy you never would have guessed just playing her games that that's the way i mean there's is. not a lot to judge her by really in in the game because it's just usually just her but, like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just thought she was, like, six feet tall. <laughs> Cinetike is I, asking, um, any concerns with the cable dangling when you're standing up? Or can you forget about it safely? Um, other than getting, I got wrapped in it a couple times with the climbing when I, I'd spun around too many times. But I, pl- I played it facing away from the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So the cable from the back was, you know, okay. completely out that of helps. my front. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was fine. Okay. Like, I, I really haven't had a problem with that. Um, um, also, but although I will say I'm used to it because all the VR VR stuff I have is um, is that it, you know, it, yeah. is that cable. I've never I've never owned a wireless VR headset, so you know if you're right. used to that, it might be more of a problem for you. Is there jumping locomotion where you can like teleport really quickly? Because a no. lot of the footage I've seen for this is jumpy. Um, there is, I think you can, but I didn't use it. I use smooth motion because oh, okay. I'm not a wuss. Um, <laughs> and you can jump. I, yeah. One of the things I will say about this is eventually. You are doing some Spider-Man stuff really? in this game, like, like in your living room. Yeah, well, because like you to jump, you push, de- you you like kind of flick the controllers down and press the 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 bottom buttons, uh-huh. like the, the which aren't used tremendously a lot. So use that, and then they the guy jumps, and then you have to either grab or use your pickaxe to hook on to whatever you know, kind of Lara Croft style onto whatever you're jumping at. But eventually, you get a you get a, a grapnel, like a like a zip gun thing that like lets you you know latch on, and then you can pull stuff towards you. And you can like swing out and like jump and, and get, but eventually you have to like you can like you, you use the the grapple gun, swing out, like you'll do stuff where you like okay I gotta jump off this platform, 
grapple gun that thing, swing on the grapple gun, jump off that, grapple gun this thing, swing over here, and then pull out my pickaxe and land on a cliff face. Wow. And like, every once in a while you do something like that and you're like, damn, I'm I cool. Just like, I, I just did that. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like there were moments in that month, I'm like, you could do a Spider-Man game. Yeah. With this. Like you really could. Wow. Um, like Insomniac could maybe pull off it's, a little Spider-Man. My guess game. is it's on the way. I would think so cuz like there's there's a couple th- it's like yeah, the grapple gun stuff in this there's some some of the cooler like locomotion stuff I've done in a VR game. It, it sounds it kind of awesome. It it's I mean, I think the 7 7.5 out of 10 scores are pretty on target. Is it's, that around where you would give the hardware? No, nah, I'd save it for Horizon. Oh, for Horizon. Got it. I think that's pretty on target. Yeah. Like it's once you've seen it, you've seen it. But like, it's still enjoy. Like, like even grabbing the the, the, hand the handholds is satisfying. Is satisfying. It's partly because of the vibration that the the you the feel like a little give chunk you. Yeah, you every time you grab. Ch- it feels tangible when you when you grab stuff. Um, and and there's multiple ways to go. Like that's one of the key things is you're not trying to find the magical single line up. Cl- there's always a way over here, and you could use maybe use this vine up here. Oh, cool. Um, like there's actually some creativity a little bit in which way you get places a lot of times, especially outdoors. In indoors when you're climbing up ruins and stuff, it's it's more linear. Okay. Um, but I've been pretty happy with with how that works. So it's fun. Like it is fun. I mean, uh, yeah, you are doing climbing most of the time, but it's not bad. And it's and every time you it's all Do you like, get worn out? Do you get tired doing it? Um, there are, some of the legendary climbs last like I would say five five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And like every, at Work the end a of a couple sweat? of them, no. But at the end of them, I'm kind of like the shoulders felt that because like, oh, okay. you're doing this right, for right. the whole time. And you're into you know you're not thinking about it. you're you're over you're here and it. hand over hand over here yeah. like, you know you got to watch you can't clack the controllers yeah. <laughs> you don't think you don't think about it like you're like you forget that you're holding these things and you're you're just moving you're just your hands it. over yeah um, the man has grip strength like you wouldn't fucking believe <laughs> like I couldn't do it let's talk um, about and it and and of course it's beautiful like you get up to the top of various summits and peaks in this little yeah. you know this was area in this valley and stuff you get to look and it's down. it's gorgeous and the depth and the it's depth gorgeous in a way i haven't seen a vr game be pretty you know because yeah. like, a lot of times you're like oh i bet that would be pretty if i could see it in an actual real video right, game yeah. but like there's there's like vista moments in this that are they're not on par with what forbidden west can do obviously with the you know the full 4k display or something mm-hmm. but like it's there. You're like, yeah, that's great. That's, that's really cool. Like, I'm glad I climbed up here and saw that kind of thing. <laughs> awesome. You know, there's, there's a little bit of accomplishment to that. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah, even as someone who was skeptical, I thought it was going to be kind of a throwaway side game, and it kind of is. Yeah. Like, it's a very unnecessary story to tell in the Horizon yeah. world in comparison to what happens in the other games. Yeah. But like, it captures it. You feel like you're in that world. You see all these machines and these, you know, the Thunderjaw comes out, and you're like, holy crap, that's huge. Yeah. Like. Fighting the thing on the ground, or you know, from a from a you know human eye perspective, with the, with the scale on this, you're like, like mostly mostly what this game has done is make me respect Aloy more, right? Like that's <laughs> you're like damn girl, I'm like ah, oh, you badass. just totally fear. And there is sneaking through grass, <laughs> and there's you know, there, there's everything from there is in here somewhere. It's Trapping. Just, uh, there are traps. Yeah. You, there are, eventually you do have like ways to trap, but not much. I mean, it's yeah. not like as elaborate as I hardly use it in Forbidden West anyway. No, you're you're mostly bow, but yeah. like you have little things. You, know, you have uh, objects you can use for that. Eventually, you can craft some things, but mm-hmm. like. Um, and all the characters are, are fun. You know, there's, there's characters that are fun, and like they they don't like you much because you're Shadow Carja, but you're trying. Oh, yeah. you're just milk man. I'm just trying to get a lot. Doing my job. <laughs> it remind, reminded me of um, of Dying Light a little bit in the first the first Dying Light, where like nobody liked uh, that guy. Was it yeah, Aiden? Yeah. Was his name? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's, he's like, look, man, I'm just trying to get along. Like, <laughs> it's like hey, it was a lot of that in, in the that. zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, but, let's talk about a couple of the other games quickly. Um, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. This game has actually been out there for a while. Yeah. 
this was a I want to say this was this Oculus, right? This is a Quest game. But they've reworked it. This for, is, yeah, it's a, play, this is like the enhanced version or yeah. something. Um, I'm not sure what is enhanced because um, I never played it before. Um, but it's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars dork, so I, of course I was going to play. It. I was, of course I was going to play this. Yeah. Um, so this is set in the on the planet in the world that the Disneyland land mm-hmm. is. So you'll recognize some of that. But mostly what it is is you you are the best droid repairman on the outer rim, a repair person, I guess. You never <laughs> you, know, you never see yourself. Uh-huh. So it's whoever you are. And um, you end up uh, you're on a you're on a freighter that's delivering a bunch of stuff. And uh, you get attacked by um, um, a taco. It just showed a taco. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't remember what it's. It's the you're attacked. It's the if you remember Force Awakens where they attack Han Solo on the ship when they first meet Han yeah, Solo, yeah. and the guys the, the guys with the red the the, the mercenaries with the red like armor yeah, yeah it's those guys oh, okay i can't remember their name i don't because, remember either because i don't care about anything yep. that happened in that part of the movie um but um looks so, like it has an all-star cast oh yeah, there's a lot of yeah so there's there's like jedi so the main bulk of it is that you're going around trying to help the guy you're working for recover his cargo because they, they the 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 ship crashes uh, which is actually pretty it's all pretty cool like you're, you're walking around and you're kind of like they teach you how to do everything and then the pirates attack and they're like get the blaster out of that, that thing you get that you've got this gun and you're like it's a it's a fucking star wars blaster like in your hand <laughs> it's it's really neat and then like you can like holster it you get holsters on two sides and the guns all run out of ammo like they all like you, can't, you don't have a permanent gun so you toss the gun at so, them you, can just, out of so ammo? you can throw the gun at them like they don't care but uh-huh. like but you, but you pick up all the guns they drop basically and some of them just run out of ammo some of them you, like overheat and you have to like like you know shotgun like click clack them yeah. or like or like vent them or something yeah. and, then, and then they they have long more ammo after that but they all eventually run out so you have to keep cycling through they've got every blast you can think of they can have they have you know the little one that Leia uses all the time. They have the um, they have Hans, the DL forty four. They have the uh, the elevens from the stormtroopers. Like anything you can think of is in there. Um, uh, thermal detonators. Like, you know, all the Star Wars weapons are in there. There's there's lightsaber but lightsaber stuff. I'm surprised how gamey this is. I really thought this was like a VR experience. All no, time. it really it really it, is. It a is game. A, it's a shooter. Like it's yeah. a full game, and there's like secret areas to find and all this stuff. But like. Um, and this one does have teleporting, so mm-hmm. so I you, you can move around. So I move you move around normally like this, but to jump to different places, you have to you hold. It's weird. You hold down on the right stick, mm-hmm. and it brings up the little arc with a target for where you're going to land. Yeah, and it has to be blue to land there. So you have to kind of angle your way to where you want to get. And then to, to get up higher, you get a jet pack that you can hit up. You hit one of the buttons and it pops you almost instantly straight up. You're like, what the hell? But <laughs> while you're up there, you can use that vantage point to, to use the teleport to, to get somewhere higher. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and that's so there's, there is actually some kind of platforming. You see there, there's the remotes from the original movie where that, that Luke trained against. Yep. You can have up to, th- there's all kinds of different ones of those. You have up to three of those uh, orbiting you and fighting for you. Oh, that's cool. Um, that thing that, that just flew away there—that's a, a health pack. The health pack you can have them in your inventory, but then you can s- stick one on your wrist, and when you're really in trouble, you just grab it off your wrist and spray it, and you get oh. health back. Um, they do a really good job with like so. It, there's options for where your body because you ever you play the VR thing and like you look down at the body and it's like out here. It's yeah, over, yeah. It's like weird. So they, you get to actually you get to alter how tall your body is so it fits how tall you think you are and how far forward or back it is. And then you have a, an inventory pack 
when I didn't understand, it was saying like where the, you know, it was like an option of where to put the inventory pack. So when I first started the game, my inventory pack was floating like a foot in front of my chest. Oh, geez. And, I, and I'm like, well, that's weird. And so then I looked into the options again, and you can move that back to like fit again. So everything fits against where you want it to be. You can raise and lower the belt to be where you want to like reach down to grab your gun. Uh-huh. Um, you got a little mini tool that goes on your the front of your chest too, that like that, it's like three modes. That's how you solve a lot of the puzzles in the game. Um, and you just sort of go through and kill stormtroopers and bounty hunters and, and Star Wars aliens and smugglers and solve little puzzles, like little, uh, uh, little puzzle things and, uh, gain more, more items and pick up more guns and rinse and repeat. And it's, it's kind of fun. How much was it? 40. Oh, is that... Okay. Um, I w- I felt like I was being ripped off when I bought it, but after I'd played it for like five hours, and I realized I was only like halfway through the first part of four. Oh wow! I was like, oh, maybe this Holy is crap. kind of a full. <laughs> okay. Because like, there's the it's a real game. The, the bulk of the game seems to be this like little campaign where you're going around Batu and and fi- working with these like smuggler guys. Uh-huh. But there's a there's a Jedi section. There's a flashback to prequel era with Yoda section that you saw in the yeah. trailer there. Um, there's lightsaber stuff. There's so I mean, so there's there's it's there's not nothing. Yeah. Like it, it isn't like like you know like you said. I, I thought it was gonna be one of those like VR experience. Just walk things. around. Like there's Darth Vader. Yeah. Like you. Oh, he swings like his Like something that you pay like you pay like ten bucks to do at a VR center or something. No, yeah. it's a it's a full it's game. A legit game. And like like I said, like I was doing stuff with like you know I throw the gun up and pick up all the credits on the ground and then catch the gun before it hit the ground. Um, it's. Yeah, you you can play around with it a bit. Like it's it's uh, and like you've got a little com link, so you press a button, you press the buttons on your wrist, and like the guy, you know the hologram pops up and talks nice. to you, and you can scan stuff. Live your Star Wars fantasy. A I little mean, bit. you can hit a button in the middle and you scan stuff and get information about everybody. You know, I love that. Yeah. Now I can, now you're doing it right there. I'm scanning a dead Trandoshan. That's how you get my money's worth out of yeah. the Star Wars game. Um, and it looks pretty good. Like, it does, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't look, look as good as Horizon. Doesn't look like Horizon, no. But it, but it, it's passable. Looks good and like, enough. Yeah. And like, I mean, there is something real satisfying about shooting a stormtrooper in the head with Han Solo's blaster. I bet. In this thing. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just like, yep, that was great. <laughs> like, uh, um, it's then, a little obtuse in places. It doesn't explain itself, especially the gun. It took me a while to realize, like, oh, the guns are limited ammo. I'm not just going to keep this pistol right. until I upgrade it or something. Yeah. I have to be. Th- it's Halo style. You have to disposable. Gotta, you yeah. got two guns, and you got to throw them away as you use them. Pick up more. And of course, I kept you know I got two guns on my hips, and then I'm picking two more up, which I can't store. So I'm constantly that's what I mean. I'm up, you know, I'll put them, I'll put my guns down on this crate while I you know solve this puzzle, and I'm coming come back and get my guns back off the crate. And like the object permanence is appreciated. Yeah, um, it's cool. Like, yep. and again, like you're there's a, that element of scale and how clear and, and HD it is. Yeah, like the the bartender is like really big really tall like that guy with the eight eyes yeah we had it in the b-roll there yeah. at the beginning he's you're looking up you're looking him. way up yeah. at him and you're like and then like and then the the smuggler guy comes in and he's like two you're feet higher, tall a little shorter he, yeah. he's like two feet tall he's tiny and yeah. you're like oh the little guy <laughs> it, it it feels star warsy yeah, it, yeah. I, the only downside is it is a little teleporty in places and uh like when i left the cantina i thought i was going to go get to explore kind of the galaxy's edge area and no it just warps you to the next level so it is very you know finish the level you see a little arrow on the ground i'm going to go to the next section and like yeah it's it's very levely i mean that's the way a lot of vr games are let's be honest yeah that's just kind of the way they're set up and then finally maybe the most pleasant surprise of all gran turismo 7 Mm -hmm. um, which was announced late and as it turns out for from a lot of the Reporting that I've read on PlayStation VR 2, this is kind of the crown jewel. Yeah, this is really good. Um, 
this is like yeah so basically there's not a whole lot of vr feature here it's basically like you go through the game as normal you're looking at it in the headset obviously and when the race starts you're in the cockpit yeah that's it um and i will say this is this is maybe the most impressive thing you can do with a psvr2 right now just especially if you've already played gran turismo 7 a fair amount because um it really doesn't look all that different that's impressive like the lighting is still i mean i'm sure it's it's not on par if you like digital foundried it or whatever yeah but like when the sun's going down and like you get the, the like the light the quality of the light is very good like it very convincing and i in this game i have my car my audi tts yep um that i use for a lot of stuff and I loaded it up, and I am in my car. That's like, like it's crazy. it's in my. I'm, and like it drives like it. I will say this: I am better at this game in VR because I can look to one side. Like it, it. The, you want to talk about real driving simulator? Like amazing. Like really good. Really really good. Uh, the situational awareness is second to none. Like the the feeling of being there. The one thing I will say, like I said. The, the closest I've gotten to motion sickness is vertigo from pulling maneuvers in this that my body expected to feel and didn't. Yeah. And my the brain was... The absence of the yeah. Gs, basically. Yeah, exactly. Because, and that, but also, like, that's a bit of a compliment because, like, it's so convincing my body's expecting it's it to happen fooled. and yeah. it doesn't understand why <laughs> that didn't insane. happen. <laughs> um, but like I said, I there were a couple of races that I kind of stalled out on in this game because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't get through it. I did, uh, and I beat them. Really? In VR? Like, in you VR. Did? Like, I, I'm, I'm better at this game in VR. Wow. And the one caveat I'll say about in terms of recommending the PSVR 2 or whatever, if you are a super diehard Gran Turismo fan, if you have a a steering wheel and pedals, if you have a whole setup for Gran Turismo... Go ahead and buy this. Welcome to heaven. Yeah. Go ahead and buy it. Because it, it, I'm playing it just with my controller, and I'm like, man, if I had a steering wheel, I could. you could maybe convince me I was in my car right It's now. a lot it's, cheaper than setting up an iRacing then you, Oh, yeah. And then rig. you put in, like, one of the big, like, the high performance, like, the exotic stuff, and you're just flying through. The only thing that I, the only criticism I really have is I wish it was more than just tracks. Yeah. I wish it, you could Forza Horizon, like, through the countryside or yeah, something. Yeah. I, I, the only downside is that it's... It's Gran Turismo. All stuck on Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, it's all... Yeah. 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 Um, and then you played one oh, other... And the, fo- and the photo mode. The photo mode, you can also walk around a car and, and look at it in VR like that, and that's cool, yeah. too. But the, but the the racing in VR in this is stunning. Yeah. Like, it's just so good. Yep. And then you played a game called Demio? Demio, Demio, yeah, Demio, I don't know. Demio. Um, this one, I just got this because it looked interesting, and I like board games, and I was like, that's cool, like, maybe. What what's um, impressed me about this is how accurate you can be. Yeah. And reach down and pluck a very little play piece out, the exact one that you want. Yeah, well, the little, the little laser thing that comes out of your finger helps with that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't get the thing I want every time, like because yeah. I think I don't think this isn't really showing how it really works. Yeah. So in the game, in the actual game, uh, little eight, like lasers come out of your fingers to show where, what you're going to pick up. It shows where your hand's going to go. Yeah. Basically. So all you need to do is put the laser on the piece ah. and pull the trigger, and then you'll pick it automatically. The thing. It'll automatically grab. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, this this video here is a little misleading. And there you see you see the the arrows the, yep. the light the yeah, lines there. That's now. more like what you're doing. Gotcha. Um, obviously, whoever's doing this has also played this game a lot. So uh, there's a little, but this is more or less what it is. You've got the party of adventurers on a, on a you know a little dungeon crawl on the table, and um, you maneuver them turn by turn through this through the dungeon and kill enemies and you move them around and drop them on something. You roll die every time you attack or whatever. And uh, no, they got a critical hit there. 
Now, um, Grand, Matt, Gran Turismo 7, the, the PlayStation VR 2 update, that's free, correct? Yes. yes. And then Resident Evil Village, is that upgrade free? I don't know because I don't have Resident Evil Village on PS5. Okay. Maybe someone uh, in chat The upgrades then. for Res and Thumper were like five bucks each. So they did cost. For yeah, Res so, and Thumper, they're charging yeah. you. <laughs> That's, in fact, Res, okay. might, Res might have been like seven. Really? Res was more, I think Res was more than Thumper. Yeah. But I was willing to pay that because I do like those games a lot. Yeah, yeah. And Res is really cool. I can't even. I can Res imagine. looks great. Um, I didn't get to Thumper, really. but What about um, No Man's Sky? Did you get to try that? Uh, briefly, it's very blurry. Is it? And I to the point that a bunch of people on Reddit think that it's an error. Okay. Like it looks worse. Some kind of a bug. It looks wor- It looks bad, and uh, in a way that it didn't on PSVR one. Oh, I would okay. say. And so there's people that think there might have been an error, and that maybe there's okay. a hot fix. We'll probably work in. on it, patch it up. Um, also, I just I have no interest in playing that game in VR, just because it it's like it's cool to look around for a while, but like all the the nitty gritty crafting yeah. and gathering stuff, it's just it doesn't really add much for me. I can see that. Um, I can see that. Um, so here we are. We talked about the hardware. We've talked about the software. Now it's time for you to tell us whether people should go and buy this thing. And if so, who should buy it? Um, I am still going to say you should not buy this. Really? Because I do not trust Sony to support it beyond the calendar year. I um, can understand that perspective. That's that's the only drawback I'm saying is this thing This thing performs like a $500 VR headset. Like it, it is... A quality piece of hardware. I have enjoyed playing all the games I've played with it, even though I think several of them were more expensive. Like Horizon shouldn't be full price. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's not a $60 game. Yeah. Um, maybe in terms of like the effort and the tech put in it, but like it doesn't feel like, you know, they're for, trying to reach the that same R&D. I, I paid <laughs> 60 bucks for Forbidden West. Yeah. And paying that much for this too yeah, is silly. That's like, right. Um, it, the Galaxy's Edge should probably be like ten bucks cheaper. Yeah, but you know, you know what? It will be. It will be. It will <laughs> so, take. <long. laughs> um, so there's a little nickel and diming happening there. Um, I wish the 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 dark pictures thing was out right in time, which was just delayed like last. As, yeah, that's like two weeks out now. Yeah. Um, and then so I looked through, you know, I looked through the store to find stuff, and there's another one I bought that I didn't get to that was like um, it's like an anime sword fighting game, like Axie. I can't bang with an A. Yeah, I saw it on your. Um, yeah, it was on the, the your dashboard. The dashboard. I, don't, I can't remember. I'm sure someone in the chat knows what it was. Um, it's called like Atriot or something. Yeah, something Atri- like that. Atri- Atrius, Atrium, something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, something like that. Um, I can get to that. And there was another like medieval combat one I didn't buy. I, I, I picked the anime one because it was PS5 exclusive, and I figured it would be more bells and whistles. But I didn't get around to it. Um, yeah, I wish it wish it was more backwards compatible. This stuff, like, I can't believe Beat Saber isn't ready. I think yet. that though, my guess is PlayStation is building an API or something that will make it easy to port those games over. They I probably should have so. had it done already. I mean, it should have. I mean, the Astrobot thing should be playable right. on this. Um, I would definitely be interested in playing um, uh, Arkham, the Arkham game yeah. on this. I would. I be mean, in- there's several. I'd be interested in playing the Iron Man VR game the on, Moss on this games. Moss is available. Already, Both right? of them are. Both of them. Yeah, oh, okay. they're, they're available as a, as a combo. I didn't get those. Okay. Not yet. Uh, they probably will eventually because I haven't played those extensively, especially not the second one. Um, but I would love to play Iron Man VR with actual like fast load times. Yeah, that was the real downfall. It was the real downfall for it for sure. Like a, like a bunch of the the old PSVR games, 
like a little visual clarity update and the and you know i'd be in and the faster load times like that the fast load times help a lot yeah because like, i'm not sitting here staring at a blank you know, you, the worst was iron man where they just go to a black screen for like <laughs> a minute and I'm, I'm, like, I'm just in, yeah i'm just nowhere <laughs> like what is this nietzsche and it also didn't have the button you could push so you could see God, outside the yeah exactly the well, it's like for god's sake i'm sitting here playing a fucking iron man vr game you do not go on to give me time to think about my life choices <laughs> And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? And like, yeah, um, Behemoth actually looks interesting. It does, yeah. So yeah, like, I mean, I guess I would say go ahead and buy it if you are never, ever going to miss that $500. Yeah, if you have a lot of disposable income. Yeah. Um, I still would not have bought this if we didn't need it to talk about. Yeah. If, if they had sent you one. I appreciate you doing that. If they had the sent you one. I would have just borrowed it for a week and yeah. been fine. Yeah. You know? Because my guess is this this is going to maybe like the last one where it's hot stuff. The yeah. first like month and then the software just starts yeah, trickling Yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, I'm not going to pretend I didn't play the hell out of that Star Trek game yeah. on, on the first one. Yeah, like, I mean, I played a lot of games. Wolf Among Us, I played a ton yeah. of that. Like there was some games on the first one that really resonated with me. The ones that didn't make me sick. Mm. I enjoyed it. Russia so. Blood was great. I'm looking forward to Switchback, obviously. Yeah. But while I looked through that store and past Switchback, I'm like, there's nothing mm-hmm. here. I know. Even the stuff they had announced that day. I know. There was nothing particularly barren. interesting in there. Uh, we have some questions from people. Uh, Altair Breaker. Altair that was Breaker. Altair Breaker. That was it. Yeah. Um, or wait, actually, we don't have any questions. <laughs> we already answered them all. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's PlayStation VR 2. It sounds like the only people you recommend it to are wealthy people. Pretty much. If you if you are rich enough that you can just buy this thing and never think about it again, if, if Sony decides that they're done after a year, and it sounds like from sales of this thing they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their plans are. There's, I still do not really fully understand why this came out. Yeah. It seems... <laughs> It seems doomed. It really, it really does. does. And even, though it sounds, even though it's a great kit of hardware. Oh, fantastic. Right? But, yeah. like, I think they blew their load with that first one. I yeah. think you had one shot at this, and you did it too soon. Yeah. Like, I, I think, mean, I was burned by the first one. Yeah. If you, But I think if you'd bought this, and it had launched with all those same things, plus with the news, I, I, I think it would have been a different reception. It would have been a different story, for sure. Um, this, thing is, this thing is head and shoulders above I mean, you'll see when you take it home with you. But like, so what about people that did buy the first one and were like, oh, there's some things that I like, but the, the tech wasn't quite there. Do you think they might should think about upgrading? I mean, it, it all depends on how much disposable income you have. Yeah. That's it. That's like, this, the big expense. This is a luxury purchase of, of all luxury purchases. Of all purchases. luxury purchases, like, yeah. And you factor in the, the, the console you already bought. This is a $1,100 VR system. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, more than that after tax. After taxes, yeah. 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 So it's a tough ask. Um, and frankly, wait for a sale. I don't think this is gonna be on sale for a while, buddy. I think. I mean, <laughs> they'll hit if if it gets you know discontinued. I mean, look, they already cut the allocation in half of the launch. Yeah, like it's not working. Sneaky's asking if this the thing might be on clearance by Christmas. Immersion. What? Sneaky's asking if the floating hands breaks immersion, and that's a question for all VR, not just PlayStation VR. No, I don't. You don't think about it. Okay, I, I never have. And, and actually, in um, in uh, the Star Wars one, there are no floating hands. You're, you have a whole body. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the other thing I would say is, like, try to go someplace to try it. Yeah. Like, they may have it at a Best Buy Make setup, friends maybe? with a rich guy. Yeah. You can do that's that. <laughs> that's the trick. Or maybe if they have a set up at Best Buy, you can go give it a whirl before you decide to plunk down your Yeah, cash. if you're at a, a position where you feel comfortable putting a public VR headset on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, it's... But if you're wealthy, this will probably be one of the coolest toys of 2023. Yeah. Was it 
Kevin Rafa is asking for a letter grade. Yeah. Like if you if to if you want me to to divorce it from all cost benefit, like you want to remove the price. If you want to think about it as like I was given this thing in some games as a review copy, and I'm not going to think about how much it costs to buy it. I give it like an A. That's great. A minus. Like yeah. in terms of VR experience, and to be clear, I put VR experience on a different level than yeah. main video I think, game experience. Yeah, we don't get that. Um, but like, this is this is some of the coolest VR stuff I've ever played. Um, I I am hard to impress with this stuff, and I'm pretty cynical. I've been cynical about this machine, this headset for a long time. Yeah. Um, in terms of performance and how it it presents itself i am pretty blown away by it Great. but i still do not trust sony to support this outside of the launch because we've window. seen it time that, and time and i cannot time i cannot in good conscience say this is awesome you should go buy it and play it because i feel like we're all including me we're all going to end up with this 500 dollars paperweight sitting here in nine months because there's nothing else left on the schedule except a couple stragglers something you dust off once or twice a year yeah. because Sony finally puts out a game here or there. Yeah, and but and again, like you know, it's not. It also has a, a lack of what I would call toys. You know, things you could go back to Just over and over again, and enjoy over. You know, and over like again. I, I have enjoyed Horizon, but like, am I ever going to play that again? After probably, you finished it, probably not. Like a par- yeah. part of the big appeal Other of Horizon, will come to your house and you'll yeah, just play for sure. It. <laughs> but part of the appeal of the Horizon game is like, what's around the next corner? Oh my right. god! And now I get to fight a Stormhawk and all the. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's like discovering all these things and seeing all these things in VR and and from this perspective for the first time. And I don't know that I'll ever want to go back and just do the climbing, you know, rock wall climbing simulator again just to see a Thunderjaw. Yeah. Um, or like the Star Wars. Star Wars thing is a really cool novelty, but like I don't know if it's a thing I'd go back to because it's not really that amazing a shooter when yeah. you get down to it. It's more the novelty of what you're doing. It's VR Star Wars. Right. That's the novelty. And yeah. once you've done it, you've kind of you've kind of done it. Yeah. Um, this is something that I'm like I'd be more interested in paying like fifty bucks to use it for an hour. Yeah. You know, or, or ten bucks to use it for an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you get into the whole, I don't know, rental VR headsets are gross. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend (laughs) that. Not with COVID still floating around. I would not recommend that one. Um, One last question from Vincent. What would they need to do to get you to buy it? If they announce Spider-Man 2 as a VR mode at the PlayStation Showcase in May, should someone pull the trigger then? Um, I mean, I don't think that it wouldn't be Spider-Man 2. It would be a separate Spider-Man spinoff game. What, what, What would it take? It would take a, a robust and regular schedule of releases about a year and a half from now. To be able to see... I would need to be able to see the future. The future. And not just see that it has like a game a month or something yeah, like that. Something, or at least do the Nintendo thing where there's something once a quarter that makes me want to break this thing out. Okay. That sounds fair. Which there might be this year. Yeah. But after it's that next is the year that yeah. I'm more... Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. After the first holiday For season. 500 bucks, it needs to be last more than a year. Because what could happen, Matt, is this goes through its first holiday season... It yeah. doesn't do very well. And then Sony and just then quietly never mentions Sony's, it again, right. like they did with the PSP it's and the Vita and the PSVR and, and the motion controllers and the iToy. And the, I mean, everything, yeah. all their peripherals just sort of vanish into the into the ether. They die on the vine. Yep. So there you go. That's PlayStation VR 2 in-depth review from Game Face here. We just spent about an hour walking you through the hardware and some of the biggest games. I think at the very least you should know now whether for you personally it's worth spending the 550 and that's 550 before taxes for most people it's going to cost them around 600 bucks plus obviously you have to have a playstation 5 console before this will even work so there you go that's playstation vr2 next up it's been a busy week for sony not only did sony launch its second 
VR HMD. It also had a huge state of play. When I say huge, I mean huge. It was a 40 minute long video presentation. As you know, state of play is PlayStation's version of the Nintendo Direct. Just basically a pre-produced video segment that shows off upcoming products that were run on PlayStation. And one thing I would say about this, Matt, to your point about worrying about future games coming up, now for PlayStation VR 2, I think it actually did that pretty well, the state of play. Yeah, there was some, although like Vincent points out that the general schedule of PS5 right now is not particularly robust and regular, and that's true. What I was gonna say right after that was, however, if you're a PlayStation 5 owner, that state of play was not exactly encouraging. That state of play was garbage. It really was, Matt. There were three things I liked in that <laughs> entire thing. Let's start talking about them. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we get to all of them. <laughs> We're not going to talk about everything because we can't. I um, would be surprised if we didn't talk about these three things. I, I think I've, two I think, of them you're definitely going to talk I about. Think one of them I think on this, you will. Yes. Yeah. The first one, we finally got the long-awaited first real in-engine, real game gameplay of Suicide Squad kill the justice league this is not one of them <laughs> this is not one of the three that you like no. <laughs> no this because game this game looks like shit i wouldn't say that I, but it, it doesn't visually look it looks visually it looks pretty good but i cannot imagine a dc game i want to play less than this <laughs> but i will say this it did turn out to be what you said it was going to be. Yes, it did. Which didn't is, it? which is. I was wrong. That it was first. It wasn't first person. It's third yeah, person. Yeah, but it's still. I don't know why I thought that. Is a cooperative shooter. Yeah, it's Borderlands. Yeah, and I really thought that there was more. Actually, you know what I kept thinking. This is not a compliment, of course. You know what I kept thinking of when I was watching this. Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, a little bit. Why Got a did you bit make? Of that vibe to it. But you know what Agents of Mayhem didn't do? Make everyone use the same kind of projectile shit. Right. Why does everybody use a gun in this? Yeah. Why are we in a superhero universe? And you're making me use guns. I really. Why does King Shark be, use a gun? I know. I really thought there would be a lot more melee focused combat in this, but no, it really just flying is flying around, just... floating around. Man, could it? Could I mean? I don't want. Maybe, maybe not. But you know what? The fact this takes place all in Metropolis, a Metropolis I do not recognize as Metropolis until either. you told me that. Yeah. By the way really makes it feel like they're salvaging that superman game that they couldn't finish you think that they're reusing the environments from that you already build a city why not right. fucking why use not it? use it yeah you're maybe right <laughs> i will say i like a lot of the like this the i would probably watch a compilation of all the cutscenes because the cutscenes were were pretty well directed I mean, technically yeah it's a great looking game yeah like you can tell it's next gen only yeah like it's it's it the particles everywhere all this you know there's a lot happening. It know. reminds me of Gotham Knights. Yeah. As it turns out. It look, I mean, it's very it, I mean, similar. Yeah. I mean, well, visually, I think it looks like it looks better than oh, Gotham yeah, Knights visually. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying, um, as far as the gameplay loop and what you're yeah, doing while you're bit. playing it. I will say I spent a lot less time shooting at purple weak spots in Gotham Knights. <laughs> like, how did this take seven years? I know. There's nothing it's here. It's a shame, Matt. It really is. I, I, do you think what Rock in City the just lost a lot they of talent? Did. I, I kept joking that they were just going to make a, ta a tank game. After, and they <laughs> did. You're all just little tanks. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I was disappointed. I hate it. This. Shooting all like the, the weak spots on everything. I was like, like I was already the a, whole game yeah. is shooting purple orbs. It yeah. seems like yeah. I was already be like okay, like maybe I'm sure it'll be fine. Or be little tricks that go. Yeah. The one thing that I think is slightly cool is that Captain Boomerang can do the thing where he throws the boomerang and super flash speeds to where he put it. Yeah. And I'm like, if you are, if we are at the point where I am saying that the coolest part of a game is something Captain Boomerang does. You are in trouble. 
And I will, I'll tell you, man. Everything is always shooting the it's purple, shooting orbs. The purple orbs. <laughs> I, I will tell you, man. I, I looked real hard, and I couldn't find anyone saying nice things about this game. There online. were many positive like comments, sentiments on social what media. What in the hell? I know happened. I don't know, man. Matt I, I McMuscles, really think Rocksteady just lost a lot of talent. Matt McMuscles, be. I await your video <laughs> one day on this one because what the hell? Yeah, so this was a pretty big disappointment um, after all the anticipation. Also, the pedigree of the developer, I was really surprised at what this ultimately is. Um, I do think that some people will probably still enjoy it. Look, there are people that like Gotham Knights. Like, yeah, I'm. You know what? Like Gotham Knights, I think is still probably a better use of the IP. Maybe. Like, because at least you're doing more purple orbs. They're <laughs> on everything. At least you're doing like superhero <laughs> stuff in that. Like, I feel like I'm playing as Nightwing and Batgirl in that to some yeah. degree. Not the degree that like. I mean, it's not as good a game as what you know the, the good Arkham games were. But like, this is just. If this didn't have the DC, this could be any of these stupid game as a service shooters. It could be that you, it you doesn't. Know, necessarily even you can't tell what that is like look at that now that no characters are on screen what the hell game is this you don't know i know there's nothing there's nothing yep and of course the game of the service stuff is still in there i I mean i don't think that's such a big deal i mean i know everybody's mad that there's a battle pass yeah it's just cosmetic shit yeah but it does show it's just a weird thing that shows like you did not learn anything from avengers yeah um and you should have it's a disappointing it's it's a disaster yeah (laughs) just awful um, Shneeky says this is nothing like Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights was a normal game, not this. I think it is very similar. I, clearly, there's shared philosophies. Four player, in place. open world, co-op, mostly shooting, light melee. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't the, mostly shooting in uh, Gotham Knights. It was mostly melee? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I thought most of it was shooting stuff. No, 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 no. I didn't play much of it. No, so. Gotham Knights is all fisticuffs. Um, and some distant stuff, but it's like Batarang shit. Gotcha. I've gotcha. never, I, I mean, I guess if you play Red Hood, there's some shooting, but even that has to be mixed in with your melee. This is just a shooter. It really is. This is just a third person shooter. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. So we waited all this time to see it, and now that we have, we're all disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, look, I was, I mean, you know that I've been not had a high opinion of this thing yeah. for a long time and somehow i was still disappointed by this <laughs> i was not ready for that i was i thought i would just be like see told you so and in the end i'm like i was not harsh enough yeah on what i thought this was going to be kevin roffa says he's a scared having this on his fantasy team i don't know if i would be that yeah i don't know if it's gonna review poorly i think it was it's probably still gonna review at least high sevens yeah probably yeah i don't just if only for its technical element because it is a really pretty game yeah and i think you know the story is very for you know three edgy five me yeah because um, I've read all the stuff about it and it's just sort of you know the usual schlocky edgy shit but it does look like it's very well produced in yeah. terms of like you know the like that you know the scene where it's well crafted but yeah it's, it's the it's, concept behind it it's sort of like the Mortal Kombat and Unju- injustice stuff it's like you know okay you you remove the fighting game and you've still got a pretty good straight dvd animated movie right you know yeah maybe that's gonna be the saving grace to some degree yeah Um, and some people will resonate with that let's be honest it really feels like they are um ending this universe forcibly yeah um (laughs) and it feels because uh you know there's i don't see any possible way that you don't reset the timeline at the end of this game because you're killing all the main characters in the universe right um i mean that's the whole concept of the game is they're all basically dead or in this weird state yeah, yeah, being you know brainwashed by Brainiac, 
And um, although all the purple, the purple makes me think of Eclipso. I know you don't know who Eclipso is, but I like don't. Eclipso is a demon in DC that possesses people through a purple gem. Oh, and that reminds me of that way more that than Brainiac. I know Brainiac is green and purple and blue yeah. or whatever, but like it, it is weird that they chose purple for all the orbs. Yeah, I, purple orb shooter. I mean, you can tell <laughs> if you if you. I mean, if you know the Brainiac stuff, like you can tell that like that is. You know the the purple orb on the helicopter. It's like it's like weird brainiac growth on it, and that's the brainiac thing you gotta blow. I get what they're doing. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's just it's just there's no. It's just the tank shit again. It's just yeah. get behind him and hit the weak spot again. It's just uh, it's you. so was, pedestrian. And, and I had higher hopes than you for this game. Believe me, going in. Yeah. But now I'm pretty much right where you are. So that pretty much mm. says it all. And of course, this I think it also feels like. It feels like Rocksteady sort of flipping the bird to Warner Brothers a little bit in the sense that they've been pressured to put the other Justice League characters in since the end of Arkham City. Mm-hmm. And, the, and in fact, Arkham Origins came about in part because it was originally going to be like a Silver Age throwback game where they were all like their their old like kind of Adam West style Batman selves and all the other Justice League guys would show up. And then Rocksteady ended up handing that off to Montreal and then Montreal ended up making it just, you know, the origin of Arkham. And it was really just tonally the same yeah. as the others. Uh, a little, actually a little dark. I think Arkham Origins has the best story of all of them, even though it's my least favorite. I'd agree with that. Actually, no, Arkham Knight is, I don't like Arkham Knight at all, but like, you Arkham, Arkham Knight is the best story? No, I, I don't like Arkham Knight as a game at all. Right. But I think Arkham Origins has the best story, yeah. one way or the other. I think I don't like the gameplay as much. I think it's... I mean, it's not as good a game a across bit of it. the board, but... It's not on the level of Asylum City, but it is a good, good story. Yep. But, like, it feels like finally... Okay, finally we're going to put the Justice League in our game, and we're going to make them all bad guys and kill them all off. It, yeah. just, it just feels so weird and pen... It's like, why, why are, is everyone adapting DC stuff in every other medium so reluctant to just give us these characters the way they, they are remembered and known? Yeah. Why won't anyone just give us a straight... I know James Gunn will, yeah. but just a straight Superman movie. Yeah. Why can't I just see... Why is that so hard? Why can't you... I mean, Wonder <laughs> Woman did it. I think a lot of it is they're just trying to emulate the Marvel Cinematic Universe and... They, they, but the Marvel movies are not depressing slog fest thrown through post production no, for all the like. There's optimism. Like when I see Captain America and Avengers, I'm like, that's Captain America. That's Iron Man. I just I think they're too worried about the connective tissue between the it films. Can be, yeah. Instead of just as you said, instead of just making a good Superman movie, they're too worried about okay, how's this going to tie into the Green Lantern thing right. that we're but, working on? But and Man of Steel doesn't have any of that. Yeah. and like it's still totally bizarre and all this stuff. Yeah, that's like true. you've got all this. You know, somebody was I saw this picture of like. Somebody posted, like, you know, you'll see people that are obsessed with those the Snyder movies, and they'll post, like, it's like, this is our Superman, fuck James Gunn. And it's, like, a picture of, like, James Cavill Superman in silhouette from behind with glowing red eyes holding, like, a giant girder over. I'm like, he looks like he's about to kill me. Like, he's always a monster in those. And it's like, what, is, who yeah. are these characters? Like, yeah. the, like not the ones that I grew no, up with. No. Like, yeah. And they don't, I mean, you don't have to be. You know, it, it don't have to be the Blue Boy Scout all the time, yeah. but a little bit of optimism once in a while, people. Nice. Like, yeah. like I don't can't remember a time the Henry Cavill Superman like smiled. No, you're right. At anyone, it's very dark. It's very weird. Yeah. And like this stuff too. It's like, do I want to see Superman be evil and kill people and have to be put down like a really dog don't. with a clip, yeah. kryptonite bullet? <laughs> I do I need that in 2023? No, I really Aren't don't. Are there enough real villains in the DC? Yeah. <laughs> you're, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, next up, something that I liked, and I'm hoping this is something that you also liked. The Resident Evil 4 remake. And I will say this. This is the yeah, last. Yeah, that is one of the three. This is the last trailer I want to see of this because. Yeah, I'm good. Shows, like, you can just give me the game yeah, now. Yeah, because this game looks hot. I mean, it's a- what, like three, F- three weeks? Oh my God, dude. I am. I can't even tell you how excited I am for this yeah, freaking game. I've, 
I'm going to nominate Ada for like glow up of the century yeah. here. Like that is a has <laughs> a fantastic character design for oh, her. Oh man, everything in this trailer is just high post awesome. I yeah, I'm gonna I'm I mean obviously we don't know to put our hands on it, but like I looks like they nailed it. Yeah, it sure does. That looks like Resident Evil Four with modern tech. To I, me. I started looking through or watching some of uh, Game Informer's coverage, and again, you should do the same. They're doing a great job with stuff over there, and they did the whole like. 500 rapid fire questions. I got to like the 20th question. I'm like, I'm out. Mm. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm learning so much about the game. And like, it took like 30 seconds. And I was like, I already know more than I want to know. And I had to close it out. Yep. Suplex oh, is back. We're good with that. I have not heard anything I've heard about or seen of this game. None of it's bad. No. It, it all looks awesome. And again, if you do want to know more, go to Game Informer. They are blowing this game out in the best ways possible. Um, but this trailer, it's like, this is it. This is all I need to see. I'm good after this. I'm just waiting for the game to come out at this point. It, it looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it really does, man. Um, I don't. I don't say this very often, but I I blew it not picking this one earlier in the in the yeah. the fantasy draft. I think I might reap the rewards of this game yeah, for I fantasy think, well, this yeah, year. Yeah, well, I don't remember what number that was. It was like I think four. Like my, no, I think it's like my fifth pick, maybe. The, I think you're gonna get like a 95 or maybe. something. Maybe. I think I think this is gonna be Elden Ring. They've stuff. managed to find creative ways to like the. The knife fight. Yeah. We wondered like a few how gonna do weeks that, ago how right? they're going to do it. It turns out they found a really cool way to do it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like every part of this game that we were like, I don't know if that's going to work with a new vert. Like, it yeah, is going to work. It out. Like, the, the knife parrying looks really cool. Yeah. Like, it looks. Yeah. It really looks awesome. I am. Like, it's very recognizable. And I know I know everything I'm looking at. And then, like, when the new stuff pops up, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's remarkable. Look at hot people. Like, that, those Resident Evil remakes are, like, man. They're they gold. Are, yeah. They're doing a really good job. Uh, Justin Horman says it was my fifth pick. Yep. So I had it right. It looks amazing. That might, <laughs> I don't know that, if you guys, I hope I, you guys are excited for it as no, I am. No, I think, I think that I, that's going to end up being the best fifth pick of maybe fantasy ever. history. Yeah, like, we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, some of our later picks in this draft, I mean, we both... Yeah, you don't know. But, like, I... I Honestly, I mean, I will be... Stunned if that game gets less than a ninety. I would say I would have hated myself if I didn't get the Resident Evil Four remake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> after I didn't get Zelda after drafting it for three years straight, <laughs> I would have been really pissed off. Uh, so that great. That was probably my highlight of the state of play. Honestly. Uh, next up, Street Fighter Six. Not one of my three. No. I mean, Street Fighter. Getting to see Zangief for the first time. I was more interested in the other two. Oh really? Um, Cammy. Cammy and Lily. Yeah. Cool. I have uh, a soft spot in my heart for Zangief. As, as a young kid... Zangief's cool, but I'm never going to play. I'm not a grappling I wasn't character. either. I always wanted to be good with Zangief, and I never could get good with him. And when I would go into an arcade, and I would run into somebody who was good with Zangief, I would sit and watch mm. them play until they lost. For whatever yeah. reason, I really well, love he's a, character. It's a fascinating character type. I'm, I'm interested... I'm not good with grapplers, but I'm always... I was always... Like you say, like... It was interesting, especially back in the day, and you'd watch like a Chun-Li or a Ryu player like just like plink away at this guy for like a whole match, <laughs> yep. and then two moves and you're done. Yep. Like, like you work all you work that hard the whole match, and then if he if you get sloppy for one second, he opens you up, and that's you're the done. end of it. Yeah. So like it's an interesting character type. I'm just not any good with him. Well, I think he looks good. You know, um, I think they did a good job on him for they this. They all look like I the next was it is it Lily? Is that yeah, her? Lily's yeah. the third one. Her like, Cammy and Lily are very the interesting two. mechanics on her. I really I think like what's like I'll, you know again they're doing a good job of putting characters in this game. New the new characters are new. The new yeah. characters are like nothing we've ever seen in yeah, Street Fighter like before. Clones. And I like that. Yeah, yeah me I too. I think that's really cool. I'm and starting Cam to get really excited for this too, Matt. Yeah, and Cammy looks amazing. I'm like yeah. 
I mean, the, the Capcom Capcom knows how to tap into the horny when yeah. they need to, especially especially with this engine. I mean, you should see you, how to tap. You into should the horny. see the thirst posts on Jill Valentine from Resident Evil Three Remake, and like Cammy is going to be the new thing. Cammy's going to set the fucking internet on fire. That's funny. Um, I am getting really excited for this game at this point. Um, I'm there. I'm ready to play it now. Um, and this was the final. These are the final three characters yeah. for the launch roster. So now the launch roster is pretty much set. We know all the characters that'll be there at launch. And then obviously that will begin the big DLC train mm. that will inevitably run for the next like two or three years afterwards. Yeah. Like I really dig her. She's so different. Yeah. She's unlike any other character from the series. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, and borrowing some elements from some other older fighting games as oh, well yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, stuff that we haven't seen really in Street Fighter, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I, I, I love that Cammy has discovered pants. <laughs> um, yeah, you're saying that they tapped into the horny, but I actually thought that they toned her down a little bit. Oh, they toned down her outfit, but they did not tone down the ass. Right, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> like, she does that little cheeks are She does that little stretch at one point, and, yeah. like, the whole, everybody was watching, like, the chat, there, that thing, yeah. and the whole chat <laughs> just went, wow! <laughs> like, no, you're, you're the, Capcom knows exactly what they're doing. Oh, it does know what it's doing, absolutely. Uh, so I thought that that was a good showing for, for Street Fighter Six, and that's coming not too long from now. Oh, uh, and I love that her move here is the the thing in from the old animated the anime that first anime movie they did where she assassinates the guy. Oh, right. Like yeah. she jumps up, spins around him, and yeah, like breaks yeah, him. Yeah. In half. Like that's her counter move there. Yeah, that's great. Which is a great reference. Yeah, this game's looking hot. I don't know if the single player is going to be all that awesome. I'm yeah, I, I'm <laughs> curious really about that, but like I'll yeah, uh, the rest of it like looks great. Yeah, and that shot to your point about. Oh yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yep, they're like um, they're like design this so we can sell all the swimsuit packs. Yeah, That's basically much, what's yeah, happening yeah. there. Um, and then they they shared the uh, launch trailer for Destiny Two Lightfall, which is available now. Maybe we'll talk about that on. T- I haven't been back to Destiny in years. I don't know. All it I know seems is like this is supposed to be like the big brouhaha. Yeah, something like that. Well, what, what's it called? Is it Light Storm? Lightfall. Light, Lightfall. Yeah. It's weird that it uses almost the same font as the as the font from Lightyear. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but this is supposed to be, and they also, it's free now. Destiny 2 is free right now if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, or it was last month or something. So they, they're mm-hmm. setting everybody up to be able to consume uh, the Lightfall DLC. But anyway, that's that's available now. Came out February 28th. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Actually, for- okay, no, Street Fighter was the other, the second thing. Oh, okay. And now Baldur's Gate 3 is the third thing. Okay. Those are the three good things in this whole This was also good for my fantasy team. Yes, because it confirms it's coming. It's co- I mean, if the PlayStation 5 version is coming out on August 31st, then I'm damn sure no. the PC version is yeah. launching. Yeah, no, that's so. about where I thought that was going to So happen. that was a big whew, for me, because I really, I thought this was a big X factor. And I do think this game is going to score no, I think really if well. you go back to that, that episode, I think I'm pretty sure I said August. Yeah, was, you did actually. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's coming to PlayStation 5 in August as well. Which is great. Not a, but not an Xbox version, right? There is. Uh, not they, a, that same day. Not though, the same day. They don't know when because they're having trouble with it. Yeah. It's, they, they were having trouble getting it to work, and the speculation is it's for, because of the Xbox Series S. Yeah. Because uh, everything has to work on both, and I, I don't know how you cram this thing on the, on the Series S without the lack of RAM on that thing. But again, are you noticing a pattern with this state of play? It's all third party. Yeah, well, they said it was going to be. Oh, I didn't party. realize that. Yeah, it was supposed to be third party. When are we going to start seeing like first party stuff for this year? We're in March now. Uh, June. It's really weird. May or June. Yeah, I mean, are they not going to release anything in the first half of the year from first party studios? Um, I guess PSVR is like that's our that, Yeah, that's this is yeah. a big deal. You, know, you got put out Horizon and PSVR, and they're putting Last of Us Part One on PC this yeah. month, and yep. 
after that, we'll see. I mean, yeah, you, you we'll, know, I hope we'll see. They're kind of letting Last of Us speak for itself for a while here. And yeah. uh, I mean, we, presumably, I would think factions will get. How many more episodes are there? Uh, two more. Oh, there's only two more. Oh, that yeah, makes me sad. Nine episodes. <laughs> makes me really weirdly, sad. Um, uh, weirdly, the uh, last episode drops during the Oscars. Really? And like people are like, oh, are they going to move it? Like they moved for the Super Bowl? I'm like, man, I think the Oscars might need to move. Yeah, because like, let's be honest. Way more people are going to watch Last of Us. <laughs> it's Come true. on. It's like I got people that are like, I'm going to stop watching the Oscars and switch to Last. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the main, the, one of the main awards I want to see is uh, supporting actor to see Key win. Yeah. And like, um, that's the first award. Yeah. So that I'm going to see that. And then and probably that. you could watch The Last of Us and then come back to the so Oscars back, to watch yeah. the big awards at the end. Yeah. It might all work out perfectly. And also, uh, it's, it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. Just yeah. so, you know, like it's won the producer. Which I still won, haven't seen. It's won the Producers Guild. It's won the Directors Guild. It won the SAG Award. Like, it's it, it's a favorite. I know like, everyone's like, oh, the Golden Globes. It was the Fablemans. Like, Golden Globes isn't as defining anymore as the Guilds are. So. Speaking of movies, on the flight back from Pennsylvania, I watched Halloween Ends. And, oh. and I will say this. <laughs> For the first, like, hour, I was like, this isn't really as bad as people said it was. It wasn't good, but it wasn't, like, abysmal. And then I got to the end. Quite possibly the worst ending of a movie I've ever seen. And (laughs) consequently, not just the ending of the movie, pretty much the ending of the franchise. Oh, it'll Have you seen it? You know how it ends? I don't remember. I think I did (laughs) read about that, but I don't remember. Oh, my God. Wow. You just... I always, again, the duh consulting agency, red flag mm-hmm. consulting agency, should have talked to us before they <laughs> made Halloween ends. It's just... We'll call, how about the Crimson Pennant? What's that? Red flag. Oh. The Crimson Pennant. Oh, that's not bad. The Crimson Pennant detective. <laughs> it's like subterfuge. Yeah. They won't know that we're... Right. <laughs> that's great. Um, and then the final big game that was shown at the State of Play is... Naruto Cross Boruto <laughs> Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections. Coming in 2023 to PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, and PC. Yeah, you're going to need to go to another podcast for, in, for insight on this one. This is not my thing. It was basically just combining all of the prior stuff into one game. Yeah. They've run out of material. So now they're like, you know what? We're just going to crunch down. Put the whole saga in one game. I mean, that's cool. Like, that's, I, guess. That's, I mean, if you're a fan, I, I assume you appreciate having everything in one place like that. Yeah. But it's like you've you've expected us to buy like five of these games already. Mm. <laughs> like now you're just gonna put everything into one game. I don't know. I mean, it works for Star Wars. Yeah, actually, <laughs> <laughs> repackage all that shit in the same box and yeah, call it a day. Call it another. Call it a saga, and there you go. Yeah, this is coming out this year again. It's pretty much coming to everything. Shocker! Any anime game almost always comes to every platform. Um, and it is coming to Switch, which yeah. a lot. I mean, of I'm always don't. impressed by how good it looks. It looks so much like the actual. It really anime. does. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't care. I, no, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I tried to play some of the Naruto stuff, and I, I just don't understand don't what care. the hell's happening. I don't not... care. Uh, and then the rest of it, as I mentioned earlier, they did debut several PlayStation VR two games. However, they were all from indie studios, and then the rest of the games were also all from indie studios. Yeah. It was humanity? That was interesting. I don't. I don't remember that one actually. Yeah, humanity was like all guiding the tons of people down the road. Oh, like, right, right, right. Yep. There was a lot. I'm not saying there wasn't some cool stuff in there. For some reason in my head, I thought humanity was like about cavemen. Oh. <laughs> Apparently not. It's like a puzzle <laughs> game about leading dumb people to not die being attacked by Sith or something. Yeah. There was a Western Shadow people all, Yeah, Shadow People. The Foglands like, for PlayStation VR 2. Um, Green Hell for PlayStation VR 2. That's been oh, right. a 2D game yeah, already. Um, what else was there? Humanity, as you mentioned. Journey to Foundation was another PSVR2 game. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this one. 
Chia, I guess is how you say it. Ch-ch-ch-chia. Yeah. <laughs> um, another PSVR 2 game called Before Your Eyes. Um, they shared Before, the- Before Your Eyes, it was already on other platforms. Yeah. That, that one's cool. That was, that's the one that time jumps ahead every time you blink. Oh, right. Certain, certain sections. That's right, yeah. Um, Which I it, definitely I will get that for PSVR too because uh, I I would gotten it for Vive but I would have to do minor construction in my office to put the lighthouse stations up and so I don't want to do that because right. I don't use it enough. Um, and then the release date for Goodbye Volcano High was announced for June, and then a game called Wayfinder um, was profiled as well. But for the most part, mm-hmm. the rest of the show is pretty much a yeah. wash. What letter grade do you give this state of play, man? Oh, I'd give this like a D. It's awful. I'd, yeah, I'd give it a D as well. It's awful. It was certainly not worthy of the excitement. Like props to Capcom. hard for it before it happened. Like props to Capcom for, you know, showing their show. I mean, stuff Capcom, it was basically a Capcom press conference. Capcom and Baldur's Gate. That was yeah. a, we, a, a Capcom <laughs> strutted its stuff and Baldur's Gate gave us a release date. And other than that, that's uh, pretty much it. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully the next, the next one's better, and hopefully the next one shows some first party stuff. I mean, Matt, we're ready to see Spider Man. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Do about you realize time. all we have right now is a teaser trailer with 18 seconds of footage. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that game's coming out this year. Yep. So that's due. Next and presumably play, there's a couple other things coming yeah, too. I mean, somewhere. the multiplayer, the Last of Us game yeah. should be shown anytime now. Like, there's a bunch of stuff. So hopefully the next day to play is much better. I agree with you. D, even maybe a D minus for me. Was yeah, could, one of the worst state of play. I could go with a D minus. And the other, it doesn't help either that you know RE4 looked great in this, but you have Game Informer blowing the thing yeah. out day after yeah, day. Yeah, it's not even the best way to experience Resident yeah. Evil Four right now. I it was did. not good. So hopefully yeah. the next one is better. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk... This is really a Sony-heavy show, because the next topic mm-hmm. is a PlayStation... Well, kind of a PlayStation 5 exclusive, and that is Final Fantasy XVI. Um, we did get some information about the PC version. There is a PC version coming. However, the PC version will not be ready by the time the exclusivity period runs out on PlayStation 5. So Sony has paid for a six-month exclusivity period for Final Fantasy XVI, Um and they will not have the PC version ready by the time that expires. So it will end up being exclusive for longer than that. Mm-hmm. And who knows when or if it will come to Xbox. My guess is it will. Um, Probably. I mean, I think eventually. They're like, not talking about it but yet. But by the time it comes to Xbox, like, no one will care, really. Right. Um, or it'll be like, it'll be like what 15 did, where it was like, oh, they, we gathered all the DLC in one place, and it's called some special edition, yep. whatever. But really, you already have it yep. anyway. Well, what happened this week is that... Square Enix released 45 minutes of B-roll from the game. Um, Clean, crisp, clear 4K footage that they just sent out to everybody that you could do whatever you wanted with. Now, they did have an event in New York where people did get to play it, um, but they ultimately ended up supplying the B-roll for people to to do their coverage. And we're going to share that with you right now. I've chopped it down to like 18 minutes, so I've really just simmered this down to the essence uh, because it really was raw B-roll. There was the just running through empty hallways and stuff like that so i've chopped out all kind of the repetitive stuff just to show you guys the good stuff but most importantly a ton of new information about this game is shared in this b-roll and also square enix sent out sort of a press release that detailed a lot of the information first of all there's going to be a demo for this game two weeks before launch that includes the first two hours of the game it will carry over to the final game everyone's going to be losing their minds over that um, they also shared that the game includes over 11 hours of cinematics. <laughs> 11 hours, Matt, mm. of cinematics. That's insane. 
I'm I can only say I'm glad it's being written by the woman who did the good stuff in 14. Yeah. I, well, I have to look, keep reminding myself this is not the people that did Seven Remake. Well, look, I'm gonna tell you right now, all this crap. I think this game looks awesome. It does look good. So this whole focus was all about the combat, and the reason it's all about the combat is because they've brought the combat designer from Devil May Cry over to handle the combat for this game, and this whole press event, 45 minutes of B-roll, was all just to preview the combat and how the combat mm-hmm. works in the game. One important thing to remember. This game is not open world. It is very linear. And as you watch this B-roll, because again, it showed it hardly cut at all. It is a linear cattle shoot design game with mm-hmm. some paths here and there you can go down with some chests at the end of them. But for the most part, it's like God of War or any of the other kind of semi-throwback games that we've been getting lately. Um, that doesn't bother me that much, Matt, because <coughs> the last Final Fantasy did a terrible job with the open world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And I mean, like, I, I do understand. I understand why he, you know, the director, whoever it was, was talking about how he doesn't like it being called a JRPG. Because mm-hmm. um, there's certain because it's not a, it's, are... certain tropes, but also like this isn't what people mean by that anymore. Really. Right? It used to just mean a console RPG. Right. Um, now it means uh, like turn-based RPG. Yeah, generally. yeah. You're basically you're talking about like the Atelier series yeah. or like Tales of Tales yeah. of Cold Steel, Trails of Cold Steel, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Square doesn't really make those anymore. I mean, even Final Fantasy VII Remake is hard to call a JRPG. I mean, that's an action RPG yeah. to me. Like, this thing almost, you know, you're almost like looking at like a character action game yeah. with like hit points. Like, yeah, this early footage is very dark. So I understand yeah. if you're watching the stream, you're like, I can't see anything. You're not alone. For whatever reason, they decided to put out this footage where everything is in this dark castle. It's yeah, really it's weird. Yeah, not, it's uh, not the brightest Yeah, stuff. so maybe on the archive you'll be able to see it a little Even bit Even though, like, better. if you look at the HUD, it looks like the, the color balance is correct. Yeah. But, like, it's just really dark. Yeah. It's just this part of the game. The whole game doesn't look like this, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, so like, they, it's... it's Yeah, like, they're... I mean, look, the, the biggest weakness they've had is, like, as they've been trying to move into this more action-oriented system you know like and they fail and they keep failing because they don't the 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 combat sucks and like bringing in the devil may cry guy is probably the best thing you can do there one thing i will say is it appears that the enemies in this game every enemy in this game is a damage sponge yeah you have to lay into them for like two minutes to kill even the rank and file well, guys if you look it's the same it's the usual square thing where you gotta basically break their their defense and then, and then suddenly they fall you, down to a knee and then suddenly they start taking unload. more damage and it's like it's like <laughs> yes we know they there is nuance to it, though. And just for a quick synopsis of the plot, if you guys haven't been paying attention to the game, uh, you play as Clive. He is the main protagonist. Clyde. And, yeah. <laughs> Clive. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Cl- it, I was going to say, Clyde was already taken by, I think, Star Ocean at some point. Yeah. And basically what happens is he has a brother, and his kingdom comes under attack, and his younger brother is killed. So it's all about revenge. He's trying to figure out mm. who killed his brother. He's on the hunt to for vengeance, blah, blah, blah. Now, in the midst of all that... The world of Final Fantasy 16 is ruled by what we used to call summons. Now they're called icons. And they're not just like a magic spell that you use after you build up a meter like they used to be. They're a part of the plot in this game. Like they are mm. certain summons are owned by certain kingdoms. And some kingdoms just keep them in reserve in case they need them, in case they're attacked. Other people are using them for nefarious means. And so that's sort of the political intrigue that you navigate throughout the course of the game. Um, as I said, this is really all about combat and this, at least this preview that they've supplied. And so we're going to go into a lot of detail about that, but I think it's something that you guys are interested in. Um, 
again, because the the summons or the icons are a big bigger part of this, the game does have a clash um, of titans sort of mm-hmm. bent to it, or attack on titan angle to it. Because so you fight like you've been seeing in these clips that you're seeing so far in this B roll, but eventually, and again you'll see it at the end of the B roll, much like Bayonetta three. There are sections of this game where you're fighting kaiju against kaiju. Basically, summon against summon. So, Ifrit versus, like, Garuda or whatever. Um, and there, again... I mean, there you was have, a little bit... They they head faked in that direction in 15. They did. And there's nothing really came A little bit. It. Well, in 15, it's like... It wasn't really part of the gameplay. It was just some of the cutscene, like, Leviathan Yeah, the summon just there. showed up yeah. out of nowhere. So Yeah, I never understood how the summons worked in that game. They, they really. didn't really. They just It just kind of happened on <laughs> it accident. It popped up yeah, they just I, I didn't feel like I ever controlled them. The game was so weird. Although it did seem like when I needed them, they just showed up. No, I'm I don't like, know. Oh, if the- there's no way I'm going to win this fight, and then one of them would just drop yeah. out of the sky. Like, I don't know if they changed that at all when they updated. Because I know, like the maybe. What I, I think I know that the game as it exists now is very different from what we played when it came out. Yeah, but I'll never know because I'm not going back to play that piece of shit again. Yep. <laughs> but as I this said, looks really good, though. Yeah, but as I said, all the combat in this is handled by Devil May Cry stalwart Ryoto Suzuki. He redesigned all the combat for this game. Um, the magic system channel. Finally, account. he beat chaos. Yeah. So the summons or the icons play out in different ways inside this game as well. You can't see it because of the graphics there. Let me just take it away for just a second. So if you see in the bottom left there, if you hold the left trigger, that's how you select the powers that you want to use from the summons. So mm-hmm. in this B-roll, this demo, there were three different icons that you had control of. There's like a wind guy, a fire guy, and a titan, I, which, which what, is like... One Earth. thing I will, will note, and I don't know why, I hate the font they use for the pop-up. They use it in, in every font. In all of their font, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that I don't font either. I don't for some reason. why they chose it. It's interesting that you... And they've been doing that it. since like 12 or yeah. 13 or so. I don't know why that font annoys me, but it does. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in this demo, you could channel the powers of three different icons. Um... There's the fire-focused fo- phoenix, there's the earth magic of the titan, and then the wind magic of Garuda. And a big part of being good at the combat in this is cycling through the icons. So you attack with the fire, and they're all on cooldown. So you need to figure out, like, for example, I think the titan is the longest cooldown. So he's probably the guy that you want to start off with, because by the time you get through the other two, he probably will be cooled down enough to use them again. So there's that rhythm to the game of, like, kind of subconsciously learning how long it takes each of the icons to cool down. But you want to keep swapping through all this. And you can see in this B-roll, though right now he's using wind. Next he'll probably use fire. And then he'll finish off with the earth magic of the Titan or whatever. So it again, in addition to action-based combat, there's also this element of magic that keeps things interesting throughout the entire, throughout the entire game. Um, another thing. Rather than there being difficulty settings in the game, there's a collection of five assist rings that you can enable that make it easier. Uh, They do things like um, enable automatic dodges, um, combos with a single button. A lot of fighting games have been doing that lately where, Mm. you know, if you don't want to learn how to do the combos by hand, you can just press one button and fire off like a combo on your own. This game (laughs) is going to have that as well. Um, You can slow down time. You can extend the dodge window um, or... You can automatically issue commands to your new dog sidekick named Torgal. So Torgal looks exactly like the wolf from Zelda. Like, literally, I don't even know. I don't know if it's an homage or it's intentional, but it is blatantly like the same exact dog. Don't you think that's weird? Like from, like, Twilight Princess? Yeah. He looks exactly like him. And in this game, you can choose. You can either 
control him manually, and he can either attack enemies or he can heal you. He can heal Clive. Or you can enable one of those five rings, and the dog will just do his thing all on its own. So he will heal you all on his own. He'll attack enemies all on his own. But again, that's one of the rings. Now, the thing about the rings is every ring that you enable keeps you from equipping accessories that give you buffs and other abilities. So it's this kind of tug of war. Like, how much assistance do you want? Because if you take the assistance, you're taking away some offensive firepower from another part of the combat mechanics. Um, so there's a nice little like tug of war there between how you want to play the game. Um, what else is there? Uh, so I talked about the kaiju battles. And you're put in direct control of the, the icon or the summon. And it turns into this crazy like kaiju fight. Straight, again, straight out of Bayonetta 3. And now in Bayonetta 3... They were kind of clunky and awkward. They were fun the first couple of times you did it, but after a while, they, I thought they kind of got annoying. Mm -hmm. I, it looks like this is kind of the same thing, Matt. Like, it's very rare that the giant monster thing maintains. Yeah, in games. even like those old. Remember those Godzilla games from the GameCube that became hits somehow? Yeah, little, like the, the kind of the fighting game arena yeah, things. Yeah, like I, I never understood why people liked those. I would play like two matches, Godzilla. and I was just like, ugh. Things are Godzilla. I guess. That's it. Because we all needed even a, an I mean, average. You remember Godzilla that PS4, yeah, but that PS4 Godzilla game, which was like you know, the, it wasn't good. Yeah, but like I played it for like forty hours because it was Godzilla. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's all we got, you know. <laughs> like like we were talking about um, the Harry Potter thing. Like it's all we had. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's it's a way to experience that IP, and yeah. I took it. Yeah, yeah. And now that that Godzilla game's worth like eight hundred dollars, because it went out of print because the license ended. So oh. a physical copy of that game is hundreds of dollars Damn. now. I never got. I got it digitally because I couldn't find it right. physically, and I'm like, I was like, well, I should have tracked down a Damn. disc of that fucker. That's crazy. Uh, so you may have noticed in this B-roll as well that some of the boss fights have quick time events where the camera shifts and you put input commands. But what Square Enix has said about those is that they're not. You can see also in the footage, you have a huge window to put the command in. The, yeah, it's for, it's taking forever. Square Enix is like, look, we're not putting these in here to like trick you or make you fail them. Mm -hmm. We're putting these in here so we can give you that cinematic Final Fantasy experience that you want. Um, and it's it works. I mean, it does create a lot of more drama in the fights, allowing to kind of shift the camera angles and zoom the cameras on certain elements. Uh, but they're not like a huge part of the game as far as like, oh, you failed it. Now you got to start over. They don't expect you to fail them. They're giving you a wide window to complete the inputs. And a lot of times it's just one input anyway. So it doesn't look like it's going to be all that complicated. It's interesting, though, that quick time events just never go away, Matt. Mm -hmm. I really thought it was one of those things that eventually we would not be experiencing in games anymore. But they I, developers no. have not figured out a way to like circumvent them still well, i don't think they're trying to i think they like how they work yeah like they're they're a feature not a bug yep um the, the, one, the one thing shenmue gave us that's i know that is endured across yeah. all i mean, I mean there's, that, there's I mean, a couple things it gave us that have endured. yeah but like that's the main that's the main one result yeah. in terms of game design yeah for sure um hell we still use the name yeah it's not like we could call not like we call anything else a free game <laughs> Full reactivized right, entertainment. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but we still call them quick time events. Yep, that's absolutely true. Um, as we said, so the kaiju battles, they, you only have like four commands when you're fighting the big monsters against each other. So and that's kind of why the big monster stuff is yeah, it's not lame. amazing. It never works. Yeah. yeah. I do think some Final Fantasy fans will like the ability of just taking total control over a summon, though. The novelty will be there, I think, at first. We'll see if it. it I always last. wanted to see, um, like, for, for the giant monster stuff, I always thought it would be more interesting to do. Um, 
Have you heard of, um, it's a game called uh, Your Only Move is Hustle? No. Uh-uh. It's an indie game. Came out a few weeks ago. But basically, it's sort of like a turn-based brawl with like very simple characters. Mm-hmm. But you have to like plot out your moves ahead of time and then it sort of plays out how everybody picked their moves and if it oh. works. So like, it, 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 I think kind of clever. I think a more reactive way to do like a giant monster thing might be because in, instead of pressing the button and then they have to take forever to swing their tail around because they're a big monster. What if you just sort of, it, like essentially you, you buffered your plan of what to do and then it just sort of, it did or did not survive contact with the enemy, you yeah. know? So, like, you're kind of planning that, because like, that happens in the, I mean, those those fights in movies are basically like wrestling, right? It's like, yeah. oh, they're going to do this, but oh, no, it's been reversed, and they're, yeah. oh, Godzilla's on his back now, and yeah. the sludge, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I think you could do some kind of thing where you're like, I'm going to have him do this and this, and then move him here and do this, and then you let it play out, and then you have to kind of respond as it happens. Yeah. It would be a little more, weirdly, you make it more strategic, and I think it would feel more like the real thing. Thing. Yeah, I'd agree. Now, you probably may have noticed there, after you defeat Garuda, now you have the wind magic. So you have yeah. to actually defeat these icons first before you can take on their magical powers yeah. that are then again mapped w- to the left trigger. I will say I'm a little, you know, he's like level 15 mm-hmm. in this. Like, the one thing I am a little concerned about is how, like, this thing seems to, like, sit at a 10 of intensity and never change like yeah. it's like a michael bay movie it's just it's like well, everything's just constantly but matt again here. i like, chopped out the you did chop time. it out but as of your art if this is already happening at this scale at level 15 you're like where do you go yeah from here but look, again it was 45 minutes of footage that i chopped down to 20 right so i chopped down saying, a lot but i'm just of saying if this is happening when he's level 15 are we going to be throwing planet to oh, save right. the other yeah, by no, like I level see, 70 like you know like okay like where are you where is left to go from from i think they said this is also like a five or six hours into the game they pulled this part out <laughs> so not far. you're right man like, like by the time you get to hour 30 what the hell's gonna be happening i mean it's pretty exciting if you ask me i mean that's just godzilla right there yeah if freet is just that that close-up of the face that's godzilla it is yeah now there's the wolf i mean it even yeah, has, it, does, like, the, it does look the like feet him shoes like the wolf from... yeah he's got the socks yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre like again i don't know if it's an homage i don't know it prop I me mean, there's no way you make that and not know what you're I mean, everybody knows that wolf. Yeah. So, um, in this B-roll, uh, you are accompanied by Sudolphus Taloman. It is still weird that they're wearing like leather. Ja- I mean, they still look a little too yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, a little at bit. Times. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. But and there he is, right there. So you you never control your party members in this, Matt. It's all controlled mm. by AI. So that was one thing we wondered all along. And as it turns out, that is the case. Yeah. The mean, only that's... thing you really have control over is the dog. Yeah, I mean, I don't. But they see come a, along and fight. with you. I don't you. really see a way around that. Yeah. If you're going to do the combat system this yep. way, now they do come along and fight with you, but you don't control what they do. They're all yeah. controlled by the AI. And if you're going to do a combat system that has the complexity of something like Devil May Cry, yeah, you it's not like Final Fantasy VII where you can design that level of complexity for every character. Yep. So you're kind of stuck with a main character at that point. This game is also takes place over decades of time. So Clive, over time, uh, apparently is going to change. I don't know if he's actually going to age visibly. Um, but they said that you should expect to see massive changes in Clive across, across the course of the game. So who knows what that actually means? We'll see. I will say that this, the kaiju fight looks a little better than your average game kaiju fight because it looks like they're actually interacting with each other. Yeah. You know, like he's the, the, he's grabbing the thing and slamming it to the ground. And like, yeah. it look, like the impacts are actually making sense, like what's happening. Whereas like a lot, it's just like you're just, you know, it's just, even Bayonetta does the thing where you're, it's just like, oh, they're just slash, 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 slash. And yeah. there's nothing particularly special yeah, yeah. about the interaction. I agree. The other thing about the icons is that not only do you get like their elemental magic, that some of them have extra abilities. Like uh, the Garuda, 
he's the wind magic guy, but he also gives you juggles and allows you to pull enemies towards you. Um, and then Titan provides heavy attacks, but sometimes you have to charge them up by holding the button in, so there's always that risk-reward thing there with that. But again, if you do land those, those are some of the most devastating attacks in the game. Um, and Square Enix said that choosing which icons to equip for each situation will be one of the key strategic parts of the game as far as the thinking through the combat. Um, and then Clive's melee abilities have their own upgrade tree in addition to upgrades for all the icons. Um, the upgrade tree in this, each one isn't that intense, but there's a lot of them. Because again, there's one for each summon. So you can level them up. And again, you can level up Clyde and you can choose those abilities if you want to in the rings and if in the accessories. So there are heavy RPG elements in this, in this even if this B-roll doesn't seem like there is. And they're scanning that. <laughs> mm. um, and that's pretty much it. That's the combat system in Final Fantasy 16 that was blown out by Square Enix this week. Matt, how do you feel about this after learning all this new information? I mean, it looks cool, but I've been burned by Square Enix real-time combat systems before a number yeah. of times we'll see i mean i think it's a I am, pretty... i'm a little i'm a little tired of the damage sponge thing yeah and it's bad i mean if you watch this b-roll look at how many times even the rank and file guys mm -hmm. he still have to break them and then they go to one knee and then he unloads for like 30 seconds and then they get back up and fight more so i agree with you i'm not a big fan of that style of sort of enemy damage where you just have to unload on them for like five minutes to defeat each one. Um, but maybe as you get better through the game, through the course of the game, you can start mopping them up a little more quickly. Again, this footage was taken from a pretty early part of the game. Five hours, my guess, first 10% of the game, ultimately. So, mm -hmm. And now they did say, too, one thing to keep in mind is and it, the footage, the B-roll that Square Enix sent out, kept flashing up this message on it that said, game may change. Mm -hmm. Special... Mm -hmm version for b-roll game may change like during a lot of the cutscenes, but also square enix said that a lot of the abilities that you're seeing in this you won't actually have them all at the five hour mark they gave them to you so you could see them and so the press could try them in new york but when you really get to the five hour mark of this game you won't necessarily have three summons or icon abilities at that point so they are fudging it a little bit for the purpose of showing people how the combat actually works so um, I'm, I said during our preview episodes that I thought Final Fantasy 16 was going to be the game that surprised everybody this year, that people weren't that excited about it and they should be getting excited about it. I still stand behind that comment. I still think this game is going to be maybe, at least for me, the best Final Fantasy ever because I am not tied to the turn-based combat of the mm. old Final Fantasy games. I am completely open to having real-time combat that works for this franchise instead of having to go back and just do turn-based because that's what Final Fantasy is. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, they look, they made a great hire for this. They brought in the right guy to make all the changes that they need to make. Hopefully the execution ultimately bears it out. I do hear you, though. The the damage sponge stuff does bother me a little bit. It's a little concerning. Yeah, but I otherwise, know, I think it looks pretty damn good. I don't know about ever, but like maybe the first one I've liked since 12. Yeah. Which I thought would be 18 because it's every six. Right. <laughs> Maybe they're going to skip gonna, too early. They're going to get too early here. Yeah. Two, two games early. They're going to make one I like. Yep. Who knows? Um, but I don't know. If you guys maybe have any questions um, about this, uh, Sneaky says, did you see the Final Fantasy VII Power Washer DLC that came out? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> you washed Cloud's bike. Yeah. Um, Andy T. Monahan, getting vibes of the MGS4 Rex versus Ray battle. A little mm. bit. Yeah, I see I that. I can see where you'd say that. Um... Barry Lomax, this looks cool. I also think it looks cool. I wish the footage wasn't so dark. It's hard to see what's going on in a lot of that mm -hmm. footage. But um, I think if you 
look at the documentation that Square Enix has sent out, it, it paints a clearer picture, oddly enough, than the actual footage does, which is a little weird. Uh, but anyway, Final Fantasy 16, PlayStation 5 exclusive for at least six months. Chances are probably a year. Probably maybe, longer, yeah. It looks like it's going to be about a year. And then PC comes, and then who knows with Xbox. It could be even maybe they signed a deal where, okay, you can release it for PC. We'll give you this money. You can release it for PC in six months, but you can't release it for Xbox for a year. Who knows? Um, but so far, we just know about the PC stuff, and that is six months. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a PS5 and you love Final Fantasy, it might be time to get shopping. Um, okay, next up. We're going to talk about another JRPG, one that Matt has been playing and I have been playing, and that is Octopath Traveler 2. Unlike the first Octopath Traveler, this game is not a Nintendo exclusive. This game is available for PC, Switch, PS4, and PS5. Surprising there's no Xbox version. I'm not sure why this is happening. It seems to be happening a lot more with Japanese games than we thought. Yeah, maybe eventually, but like, yeah, I don't know. Seems weird, don't you think? Eh, Xbox isn't very important there. I mean, it's dead in Japan, but they also know that in the West it's not dead and it's doing very well, but maybe they're afraid that people don't buy games for Xbox anymore. I mean, if you have limited resources, that's, those are the versions you cut, I think. Man, if they're like, look, you, I can't even imagine how much money they'd have to give to you know get something like Final Fantasy 16 on Game Pass. Like, it's not, not going to oh, happen. no. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's looking a little funky with the third-party stuff on Xbox. Yeah. It seemed, I mean, I, I would be surprised if, if this didn't come to Xbox eventually. Me too. Because, like, the first one did. Yeah. It, first one's it, on everything now, too. It does feel a little bit like the vibes that I'm getting is, like, it's Game Pass or Bust with Xbox anymore. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. I mean, yeah. that's what Microsoft is trying to push. So, But then getting third parties to release games for your platform becomes a little more difficult. Or at least don't make them delayed or whatever. Yeah, well, it's going to be lower priority. My guess is that you know, you got your initial release and your initial sales here. And like maybe six months to a year later, you'll get an Xbox version. It goes up on Game Pass. You get the money from Microsoft. There you go. Yeah. Like, there's a plan there, I think. Maybe. maybe. That's, what they did. that's what they did with the first one. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, so Octopath Traveler 2 coming after Octopath Traveler 1, which I believe was 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. So, like, right before all hell broke loose mm-hmm. with COVID and the, the pandemic. And here we are coming out of the pandemic, and we're, we got another Octopath Traveler. Now, I would say this. I was just mentioning earlier that I'm not tied to the turn-based combat for Final Fantasy. This is kind of like maybe what Final Fantasy would have become if it had stayed turn-based. Yeah. Because the turn-based combat in this isn't just rank-and-file turn-based combat. It is no, unique. It's more well. It's more like the saga games. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. it, it it's it's you know, a lot of these you know HD two D games sort of take more cues from stuff like the saga series and the romancing series. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I see that there, but it does use the same sort of use the thing to break the enemy, then you do more damage and, and yep. unload on them. Find thing. the right weapon to break the enemy, and yeah. then unload. And it makes the combat more of a puzzle than anything else, because you're yeah. like trying to figure out how to break everything at the same time, so you don't have to, like, get hit by anything. Yeah, I mean, really, what you're, at least what I try to do in this, every battle, is try to not get hit. Yeah. And generally, there's usually a way to do it. Yeah, it's once you've got enough characters in play, like, mm-hmm. the, and a, a wide variety of, of you know, th- ways to hit. Yeah. Usually is. Now, there's eight different playable characters in this. When you start the game, mm-hmm. you choose one. And then, basically, you play as that character. And you go around the world, and you find new characters to add to your party. Mm-hmm. When you find that character, you have a choice. You can choose to go back and play that character's first chapter. 
or you can just choose to ignore it, continue with your main character, and then when you want when you want and need, and you do eventually need to play that character's chapter one, you can go to a tavern and there's a menu there and you can just select it from a menu and go back and play that chapter one of any of the characters that you come across. Um, which character did you end up choosing for your main? Um, Epic Throne. Okay. The first, the, the thief. Okay. And uh, which is interesting. Um, How's, I, didn't, I have not played that story yet. How is the story? It's good. I think all this, I'm, I have played six of the eight chapter oh, ones so okay. I, I got out of her thing and i went up north and got uh oswald uh, because wow he got oswald second yeah because i wanted his uh i got him fifth i wanted his now his ability to, to automatically get people's weakness enemies weaknesses oh. when it starts the battle yeah um it's helpful yeah but i liked i like throne has a if, if you're if you're fighting at night she automatically like puts debuffs on the enemies oh. when the fight starts. That's Makes a new feature in this, by the way. Yeah. The differences between day and night. Yeah, day and night is a new thing. And like so I, I so basically I, I finished her thing and then I realized that her second chapter is like you're supposed to be like like level fourteen. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh I'm a ways away from that. So I've been just wandering the world picking up all the characters. Um I did that for a little bit. This hey, one thing I'm, I'm nine saying. hours in and I have two more <laughs> left to do. Here's so. the thing. You can find those characters, but you can get your ass in way over your head in this game. Like, yeah, but you got to definitely pay attention to the level of an area. And then it, sometimes it doesn't even really matter. Like, you can be in an area that's, like, say, like, level 8 danger or whatever, mm-hmm. and you'll just randomly get attacked by an enemy that's just one-hit shot your whole party. And there's no way to avoid random encounters in this game either. There's no icon on the map telling you that no. an enemy's going to be there. Um, Oswald does have an ability that lowers random encounters. Oh, he does? That would be very helpful, actually, because that has become, to me, really effing annoying, Matt. Like, just playing through an area and basically just wiping the map with everybody you fight, and then all of a sudden this, like, abominable snowman just pops up and just wipes (laughs) out your whole party. Now, I'll say this, too. The save system in this is pretty generous. Like, you don't have to manual save. It does, like, automatically save at certain things that you do. So if you do get caught off guard and just wiped out by an abominable snowman so to speak like it doesn't send you back that far yeah you're usually losing like five minutes at most yeah but still you're losing five minutes yeah and i mean these games are they, the last one is hard too at, at times especially it's early not even on hard it's just cheap well i've never run into that what you're describing really you haven't no. been wiped out by a random enemy yet no i've been wiped oh, out it's by, gonna happen i've been wiped out by bosses well not at this point i'm too i'm too powerful oh point. it'll happen because I, I don't I'm, I, like it just happened to me last night. I was level fifteen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your level is. Another enemy will show up. That I, the other thing too is like you don't really know the level of enemies in this. You don't know the levels. You don't know how close yeah, they do. are to dying. Well, you do. Yeah, you do. How? Well, the you know the levels because every time you enter a new area, it says what level the area is. No, but I'm telling and you, there's monsters that are not of that level that will just show up that are like I've twice never, the level. I've never run into that. It happens for sure. Um, and you know how close they are to death by their the their names. They're, they change color. Is that how? Yeah. If you, when you go to attack, when you pick your enemy to attack, yeah, their names are white, yellow, or red, and the red enemy is about to die. Yeah, you, but you don't know you, like how many. You don't know exactly, left, yeah. but you have an idea. And like the other way to check is if you have the the beastling girl. Whose name I can't remember. Beastling girl. I don't yeah, think I have her at the all. Beast, she, she's on the island in the southeast. It's not the um, dancing girl, is it? No. She, her name is. She has. Which a, that story, by the way, is dumb AF. I haven't done that. She's one of don't. the two. I haven't done her. I haven't gotten her or the samurai guy yet. The samurai is my main, and his mm-hmm. story is amazing. 
It's really good. Most of them are good. The Beast Girl isn't amazing. The well, dancing girl, the, the bad. Beast, so the beast she just wants to be a big star in a big city. That's was, the whole I mean, story. that was a dancer in the first one. It was the same. It's thing, the same really. thing. Yeah. The beast girl, base girl, is basically playing Pokemon. Um, she can capture enemies if their life gets low enough, and she can use them, and then she can summon them as attacks. So, so, and then all the different, and almost any enemy that isn't a boss or a story related character, you can capture. And they all have different attack powers and different attacks types. So she can theoretically, if you capture the right team. She can do almost any kind of damage you can think of. And so after she, handy. Once she... Once you're doing that, you will become a lot better at knowing how low in health they are, both because you'll be paying attention to the color of the names and because when she, she does her beast capture, if you highlight an enemy, it'll tell you the percentage chance of capturing them. Oh. And so the higher... Obviously, if you're at 100%, they've probably got one hit left. In a, yeah. One, you know, one good hit. And she does get an ability that actually um, unleashes her bow and, like, if it would kill the enemy, it leaves them with one hit point. Oh, so you okay. don't kill them, you can capture them. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, it's fun. it is interesting to me, um, more so than the first game, how much of an important role almost every character plays when you put them in the... You only have four out at once, but like I don't think I'd want to play this game early on without Oswald, because he's constantly divining weaknesses from the enemies you run into. And if you've seen an enemy... Bef- he does one, one weakness for every enemy you encounter... And then if you encounter the same enemy type later, and you he he uh, uncovers two weaknesses no. that time. So three encounters with your average enemy, and Oswald will tell you, know you every of all of their weaknesses. Yeah. And then like, and then he's got the you know the group magic spells. Which and is that is cool. key to this game. Like when yeah. you fight an enemy, you'll see it has like a little list of icons right next to them. Yeah, That's what they're weak against. And it makes a world of difference. The, the other thing to know is um, if you're not using Oswald or you're working with uh, the icons are always in the same order. Yeah. So like, if you get like like if you, you know what's in the middle, it, it's always the different the yeah. same different types of weapons and then the magic elemental types. So if you get if the first box on an enemy is like ice, all their weaknesses are magic. Yeah. Because the the weapons always come first. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a little you bit can of a puzzle there. Discern basically yeah. what their other weaknesses are based upon what's shown. Um, yeah. So I'm playing as a samurai. The story's great. Like, yeah. he- and you are stuck with that first character you pick until you finish like a good chunk of their story maybe the, all of it i don't all know all of it yeah um so like throne is in my party whether i like it or not until they have everyone else i can swap out yep. however i want and i mean the thing is you can only have four people in your party but i will mm-hmm. say this once you bring someone into your party they level up fast yeah like they can start at level one or whatever and within like an hour they're pretty close to like the rest of the party yeah they catch up pretty good. i will say i think it's probably better to you know early on when you go around picking up all your characters pick up you know, decide on who your four are yeah. and sort of go through that way. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to have to keep rotating people out to keep them competitive, and it's just not going to work very well. I also stumbled across some issues with the way this game is designed, meaning like it, the game never is going to know exactly what characters you have with you. Mm-hmm. I have fought through an entire dungeon before and got to the final boss room, and the boss wasn't there. Because hmm. I hadn't done something else somewhere else with a specific character that triggered that mm. boss to appear. It was just an empty room. And I had to go all the way back out. And I was like, like you that basically sucks. Just, you just basically done a random dungeon. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So there's drawbacks to this type of design. But generally, it does give you enough freedom to kind of form the party that you want. And again, because you can level up your characters pretty quickly, if you do stumble across someone that you really like... It doesn't take that long to make them a viable part of your party. So I feel like it does do that part of it pretty well. Um, as you've seen in this B-roll, the visuals, 
even better than they were in the first game yeah. by by a wide margin. Yeah, they're doing some really cool stuff with it. like the the depth of field tricks in this are really smart. You really never know. Cool. Ne- the next screen could blow your mind. Like yep. it's just the, the way the game is. It's like some scene, some little village, and the way it's lit and like the what it's mm-hmm. it's a stunner. Like yep. it is the um, they get tons of tone and mood visually out of out of what you would think is almost nothing. It's like, really it, crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's really impressive how they do. Definitely it. the best use of this like kind of art style they've come Agreed. up with. Yep. Um, and then another part of the game is you can boost your attacks. So you can boost them up to four levels. And so that's a risk-reward thing. You can be like, okay, what I tend to do, Matt, is I test the enemies. I just use my first attack, one attack, with a weapon to see what they're weak against. The second round, when I come back around, then I'll start boosting my attacks because then I know what they're weak against. And Mm. then actually doing the damage is worth it. Now, you can boost your attacks for your normal attacks, but also for all your other special attacks as well. Mm. Um, And so some of your bigger spells, your skills, and your abilities go crazy once you boost them up to, like, level four or whatever. And the game does a great job of portraying that, too. Like, you know, when you boost it up to level four and you're about to press that button, that it is going to lay the smack down because of just the visual feedback that they put onto the screen um, again, they just, as you said, they do a great job in this game of conveying detailed mm-hmm. information with very simple cues. Mm-hmm. And there aren't many games that do that. Most games just go over the top and they're like, we're just going to be bombastic. And that's how we're going to make our make our. Yeah, this this is a throwback to the old way. They used to, they, it plays out like a like an epic novel. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, the, the, it's much more. Is a little more subdued. It's not as over the top. Like the characters are sort of all want what they want, and like kind of you know they're they're sort of in this world and working together to get it. Um, I like it, and the and they the music is what tells you how to feel a lot of the time. It does. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the old sixteen bit RPGs, where like a lot of the reason people remember those as being such emotional things is because the music was right there telling you what you're supposed to feel, and you didn't have to rely on you know voice actors or motion capture performance to convey any of it because it all happened in your head. Yep. Your imagination is a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, it's funny that like your party is the opposite of mine. Like you, I could tell by what you're saying that we have opposite parties because you started on the opposite side of the world. Yeah. And so, so I like, just started picking up people as I went and yeah, but like, thro- so like thrown a, like all I had to do was go one screen North and I was at Oswald. Yeah. And see, Oswald was the last, this is the last guy that yeah. I picked up. And, th- and it's too bad because Oswald, is it changes advantage. the game yeah. completely like because like you described that first you know the first round is data thing yeah. i never need to do that because i already that. know right yeah and now i've got a, far, a party but that, that's cool like yeah. it just shows you how you can, two people can play the game yeah. entirely differently and they are a little better now at incorporating the other characters into the, the different characters further chapters yeah um not each, amazing each character has four chapters ultimately mm. and if it's anything and i haven't got to the end of the game because it's gigantic but if it's anything like the first game, you're going to need to complete all four chapters for every character before you can play the final chapter, yeah. which brings all brings the characters together. together. But they're like the first game. One of the problems was like they didn't know who was going to be with you in every in right. situation. So basically, every chapter was sort of a solo adventure that happened to have the other characters along for the ride, and yeah. they barely even spoke. This is now still they kind of like it's that, still though. not perfect, but they have integrated them a little it's more. Yeah. Like they like the characters will say various things or react to things and. You know, it was generic dialogue in the first game, and this one, like, they sound more like themselves sometimes. Like, they pick, like, and sometimes it doesn't happen. I'm sure it's like, you know, if something happens, like a shady thing happens, Throne is going to say something about it. But if she wasn't in your party, there probably wouldn't be any dialogue there. Yeah. Um, But that's better than, like, having everyone feel completely isolated, like, in the first game, which is my main complaint about the first game. Yeah. So they they have addressed that, I think, as best they can without having the dialogue trees be the size of a building. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so as we said, you have your normal weapons, and each some characters will have two weapons. One may have a pole and a sword, etc. Or, 
or more. Yeah. Throne has three. Yeah. So you can flip through those again, trying to figure out what the weaknesses are so you can break or daze enemies. Because again, that's the key to winning the battles. And so in addition to those normal attacks, you also have learned skills and then your class-specific skills. Those are your crazy over-the-top attacks. You learn those as you play the game. You can also upgrade those as you play through the game. Um, and then there's a brand new ability called Latent Power, which are basically, if you've played a lot of Square Enix RPGs, limit breaks. Yeah. It's really what they are. You get hit enough and you can use it. And then suddenly you have this power, power. buildup. And it's just an, another set of over-the-top awesome attacks that you can use. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the day and night cycles actually change the game significantly, and they're used for puzzle solving. So you'll come mm -hmm. across someone out in the world to be like, I need to find this person, I need to find this thing. Sometimes you need to change it from day to night in order to find the person or the thing that you need. The other thing, too, about nighttime is if you have found that new character and you're trying to level him up so he can be, be a viable part of the party, do it at night because the enemies are tougher and it's much mm -hmm. easier to grind and build levels for your party if you do it at night. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can't really avoid random encounters, which to me is really annoying. I really played it. You don't play too many RPGs that are like that anymore. Yeah, I don't find them to be that bad, although I don't run. Yeah. When you oh, run, when you run, you double the encounter rate. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like I've enjoyed this a lot. This game is sixty bucks. Do you feel that it's warranted? I'm burning out yeah. a little bit on it already. Are I, you? I think so. I'm. I'm still liking it a lot. Um, it doesn't require. It doesn't require my full attention <laughs> much of the time. If I'm just yeah. running around the open world, and then I will like turn off my podcast or whatever when when a story thing happens. Um, and there is a lot to do, and I, I do enjoy the, the break system uh, more than I usually do in these kinds of these square thing. Like, I am kind of over the whole, like, oh, hit him with the weak. No, now you're like, unload. It's like, yeah, I've been doing that since Final Fantasy thirteen, yeah. and it wasn't particularly fun there. But this is a more interesting puzzle. Um, it really changes it when you don't have to worry about real time. It's true. I think I think that style of combat works better turn-based. I think my problem is is that I finished the first Octopath Traveler, and by the time I finished it, I think I spent like 60-some hours on it. Mm -hmm. I got like 10 hours into this, and I started to burn out on the combat. Because let's be honest, the combat's pretty much identical. It's not really... It's It's got a few more wrinkles, but it is the same thing for the most part. And yeah. so once you kind of understand how it works and you learn how to break enemies and all the nuances of the combat engine, you realize that there isn't that much change, and I started to burn out on the combat mm -hmm. kind of quickly. Because, again, I, I'd already spent, like, 60-plus hours on the first game. Yeah, I think the, the main draw still for me is that, like, I think all the characters' stories are interesting so far. Mm -hmm. uh, I've not gotten to the dancer yet, but... Um, like they all are different, and they all um, have a pretty good hook, and they're all kind of not what I expect them to be most of the time. Like, mm -hmm. Especially the cleric guy. I don't know if you've gotten to him. The, the what guy? Cleric. He's a, he's a like a, a Is it the money guy. He, no, he's an inquisitor for no, a, for, a a sac for the temple of the sacred flame. He's like, he, you think he's like a priest. He's like he's gonna be like okay, so, but he's actually like a super self-serving, sarcastic like weirdo. Like, oh really? And like he's like he's like oh yeah, he's not a like because you like team up with this like sacred sword like royal like holy guard guy and like you end up embroiled in this like weird like murder mystery thing and he's like what kind of pre cleric are you and he's like just trying to get things done he's like he's kind of like a he's kind of like a benedict cumberbatch sherlock thing going on he's sort of like a sociopath who happens to be a priest yeah. sort of thing and he's very entertaining it's very funny it's like oh i didn't expect i thought it was going to be like a kind of a goody two she's like oh right. let's see if we, we can find oh this oh no what a tragedy it's like it's like oh he's dead means we can have something to do tonight this is like okay like it's uh i haven't come across him yet pretty funny i like, think i only have two characters left though 
Yeah, so do you, well, you must. So you have Oswald. Yep. Uh, do you have Throne? Yep. The thief. So mm-hmm. yeah, so you're you're moving south basically. Yeah. So he's off to one side from Throne, and then the Beast Girl is at the bottom of the continent. Those are the two I've left. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know. Look, I guess the way I would view this game is if you didn't play the first Octopath Traveler. I would buy it, and you like JRPGs. I would buy it immediately. Yeah, I think you if you you should absolutely skip to this one. Yeah, if you haven't played, it's the, first the better one. of the two. Absolutely, undoubtedly, on pretty much every way. Yeah, and also you wouldn't be like me where you'd be kind of burnt out on it because it's only been two and a half years since the last game came out. It hasn't been mm-hmm. all that long, um, and I did start to burn out on it a little bit um, as I started to play it. Like I just again, I had mastered the combat system in the prior game, and there aren't that many tweaks to it here. So. Um, I would recommend it to someone who has not played the first Octopath, and then people who played the first one, if you really loved the first Octopath Traveler, then I would recommend buying this one as well. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like me, you get you know a certain amount into it, and you're like, yeah, I kind of done this already. But to Matt's point, the story is way better, and it mm. does a better job of keeping you hooked into the game, so that does help. What about you, Matt? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I would. I mean, if you loved the first one and you want more, this will give you that. Yeah. Um, beyond that, like if you've never played it, but it's interesting to you, definitely don't don't just like say, "Oh, I got to play the." You do not have to play the first one. No, like, there's no connection to it at all. No, there's, I think they're in the same world. But yeah, like but other than that, they don't. There's no carryover from. I've the never story. no. I haven't noticed any significant references. Me I don't either. think you're not missing anything. It's just it's just a story about eight more characters in the same world. Yeah. And this one's better. Yep. So significantly on every, on every level. It is sixty bucks, which yeah. may come as a little bit of a surprise to some people. But look at uh, that right there, that no, shot. I, th- I like, think this game really is just very pretty. Final Fantasy VI was ninety bucks, yeah, in nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety four. So true. yeah, um, AJ the Legend Watson asked, "What platform am I playing? I'm playing on PlayStation Five. I'm playing on PC. Yep, which I don't blame you one bit with your beast of a rage. Well, it all, it all looks the same, but I just that's where I played the demo, so I yeah. want to continue to say. Yeah, and I don't think platform matters that much with no, this. No, I don't think so. I think it probably looks the same across pretty much all of them. Yeah. Because it's not really technically demanding. It's artistically impressive. Really. Yeah, I would I would also say, I would say maybe play it on the wherever you have the best sound system, because the music is really good. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I thought the audio in this was good in general. Also, yeah, the, the voice acting's great. Yeah, yeah. All these lines that you're seeing... In this B-roll, they're all voiced. Yeah, almost like and voiced huge very well. Amount, a huge amount of its voice. All the character chapters are voiced. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other not all the stuff NPCs. Is, like a lot of the side missions and stuff are not usually, but like all the chapters are voiced. Like they're they're all done for f- in full and they're all solid. Yeah, and you can pick Japanese voices if That's you true. prefer. Yeah, you like, totally can. I've been using Japanese voices more because. I like to skip through it. I can read faster than they can talk, so I tend to just skip through it. And yeah. It's easier for me to uh, skip through it if I don't understand what's being cut <laughs> off. You don't have that pause. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ says, I like this for Switch for portability. Totally understandable. Like, again, it's a turn-based RPG. You can put your Switch into sleep mode, come mm-hmm. back, pick up. You'll never know that you missed a beat. So I can understand that perspective. Um, Pain of Demise, how is the game optimized on PC? Any issues, Matt? I can't imagine what issues any PC made after, like, 2015 would have with this. Well, the other problem, too, is that Matt's machine could, like, launch the space shuttle. So (laughs) I don't think he's going to have any, ever, any performance issues with any PC. I haven't seen anything with it. I mean, I I can't imagine this thing's particularly demanding. Yeah. Uh, The Oldest Fox, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime, man. We appreciate it. And your little toast icons that you posted Hmm. there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Another question for Barry Lomax. Can you play this without playing the first one? Yeah. 
we mentioned that already. There's mm. really no tie-in with the story at all. Yeah, you can skip the first one and go straight to this one. In fact, I, w- I would suggest doing that. I think you'll enjoy this game more if you haven't played the first one. Because mm-hmm. the battle system won't wear out for you like it did for yeah, me. Yeah, because it's so similar that you might as well play the one that's that's a better iteration. Yeah. And the story is unrelated. Yep. So. Yep. So you should be all good. There you go. That's Octopath Traveler 2. Our final topic for today is Kirby game, Kirby game, Kirby game. You see the lower third there, Matt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another Kirby game. Kirby game. For Switch. Nah. It's Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. It was originally released for the Wii back in 2011. I did not play it, though. I'm sure Nintendo sent me code for it, yeah, I but I didn't play I, it. I can't imagine I did. Yeah. Um, or maybe I just gave it to our reviewer at GT or something, and they handled it. But I don't. Back think in the day when just every game in the world was being trickled through the offices, it's not like you were dying to play a Kirby game. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's one thing I will say: is it as Matt and I say all the time, Kirby game, Kirby. They make so many Kirby games that, and some of them like try these crazy, whacked out ideas. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land was the first 3D platformer set in the Kirby universe. So they're trying to expand Kirby out into these different ideas. I wouldn't say different genres, but different ideas within the genre. This is just a Kirby game. It is basic to its core, basically. Maybe the most simple Kirby game that's been released in the last decade. And maybe that makes sense since it's originally from 2011. Um, they haven't done a ton of work to this, Matt. Like, they've added a couple features, but not a ton. Um, the setup for the game is, is Kirby is trying to help a multiverse traveler who has crash-landed on his planet. Um, you can play with up to four players cooperatively. You can play as Meta Knight, King Dedede, Bandana Waddle D, or a bunch of generic Kirbys. Um, like most Kirby games, copy abilities are the crux of the combat and the game in general. Um, some of the stuff that I've seen so far, I've seen the sword, I've seen the beam, uh, there's a mecha copy ability, there's a sand copy ability, and both the mecha and the sand copy abilities are brand new to this sort of remake of the game. Um, usually in every level that you play, one thing I liked about this game is that it regularly feeds you plenty of new copy abilities, and you get to choose. Like, the, the level design isn't built in a way where it's designed like you have to use this copy ability to get through this part. Most of the most of the level design allows you to use multiple copy abilities to get through the various parts of the game. Now, there's a couple exceptions, but for the most part, you can use pretty much any copy ability to get through the bulk of the game. Um, let's see. There's a super ability mechanic where Kirby gets a gigantic weapon and wipes out the entire screen of enemies. That's what I was talking about with like, there's some parts of the game where you actually need to use a very specific ability and that's it. Like he'll get like a gigantic sword or a gigantic ax and the arc of that weapon is matches with the, the placement of the enemies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you swipe it, and you lined it up perfectly, you can take out pretty much the whole screen of enemies with one swipe. It's very satisfying. Hmm. And while you're doing that, parts of the level are being destroyed. This game isn't hard. Um, And again, you can play it with four players cooperatively. So this is a great game for kids. You feel powerful playing this game. Because again, you get these crazy big weapons that just crush off like half of a level at once. And again, it's not very difficult. There's also assists that you can get. Like there's this 
little guy that you can enable that will keep you from falling into bottomless pits and he'll give you like health potions every once in a while. It really is kind of designed for kids who are just first learning how to play games. Um, like a lot of Kirby games, you can always tell when a boss fight is coming because they'll just drop like a bunch of copy abilities like right there for you to grab and pick up. And again, it shows you that you can beat all the bosses in this game using multiple copy abilities as well. That's one thing I really like about this. You get a lot of latitude in how you want to approach the game. Um, like most Kirby games, the controls give you a ton of room for error because, you know, just his jump and his float alone, it's really hard to mess up. Like, it's funny that they give you the ability to keep from falling in bottomless pits because you really have to suck to fall <laughs> in a bottomless pit in a Kirby game or forget, like, what the jump button is or something like that. Um, so that this feature I was talking about is called the Helper Magalore, and he's the, he's the dude that helps you from falling into pits and then gives you health. Um... Also new to this version of the game are masks that you can just kind of staple onto the front of the characters, and they look pretty ridiculous. Um, you can unlock those as you play through the campaign, but there's also this brand new minigame mode called Merry Magoland. Now, the original did have minigames, but they've kind of reorganized them into this new mode. And basically, there's a, it's a collection of 10 different minigames that have been reorganized from the original. And as you complete those minigames, you earn new masks that you can kind of staple onto your character. Again, something that I think kids will get a lot more play out of than adults will. Um, every level, there's three different doohickeys that you're trying to collect, and then you're rated at the end, depending on how many of those that you've won. And then those give you stamps that help you unlock more masks. So kind of everything you're doing in this game is tied into getting new masks, unlocking new masks for your characters. As you can see from this B-roll, I didn't care about the masks at all, and I never even used them. I just, it just didn't really matter to me. Um, and then the, the base game... Is like four hours long. It is really short. This game is also 60 bucks, by the way. Mm. It's four hours long. And once you complete that, then there's like a post-game game called the Magalore Epilogue, where you play as Magalore. And there you have no copy abilities. And kind of like in Metroid, he begins without any powers at all. And then you collect these energy spheres as you play, and that sort of re, uh, reassigns his abilities to him, and then you can use them. So there's kind of a building element but I honestly, I played like an hour of it, and I got bored of it really quickly. It, it's like, I'm, I'm here to play Kirby. I'm not here to play some other random character. It just felt tacked on and unneeded to me. It was a little more challenging, at least, because, again, this game was really easy. I just kind of walked through it, for the most part. Uh, what else is there to say? Not much. I mean, one thing I like about this is that it is kind of a throwback to when the Kirby games were a lot more simple. And there's not all these weird, like, nuanced things that you need to learn um, it's just very straightforward. Suck up an enemy, take their ability, unleash hell on the rest of the enemies. And again, you don't have to be really picky with what abilities you choose. I found that I could use almost any copy ability and make headway through the game with no problem. Uh, so I really enjoy the simplicity of this Kirby game. I think it's a great game for kids. If you're looking for that next game to play with your munchkins, I think this is a great option. Because again, it is four-player co-op, and you can play along with them and let them kind of uh, figure their way out through the game and only jump in when they really need help. Um, so I enjoyed the simplicity, but it wasn't $60 worth of entertainment, ultimately. Like, if I had paid for this game and Nintendo didn't send me a review code, I probably would have regretted it. Because, again, I, I think I played a total of five hours. I don't think that the extra mode is much longer than that. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, even if you do finish that mode that unlocks after you finish the base game, you're only going to get a couple extra hours out of it at most. So, um, 60 bucks is a tough ask for this game. Um... So I would not recommend buying it unless you're really struggling to find something new to play with your kids. And then I think it's a pretty good choice. Um, 
Matt, I know how much you love Kirby. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I don't. Sixty bucks love him. When was the last time you played a Kirby game? Did you? Oh, you played Kirby's uh, in the Forgotten Land, right? Yeah, I played that. Yeah, but before that, it had been mm-hmm. a while. It's always interesting whenever we cover a new Kirby game, <laughs> Kirby game, Kirby game, and I go into the TriCaster and I see how much B-roll we have for Kirby games in the TriCaster. There's like eight different Kirby games in there, um, and none of them have been all that great except for Forgotten Land, the 3D platformer version of it. Um, and I'll just jump forward ahead here in the B-roll so you can kind of see like the um, some of the other stuff, and you can also see the the mini game mode as well. After each level, there's this stupid mini game that you play. Also, a, a dead giveaway that this is an old game that's been revived. Like games just don't do mm-hmm. that anymore. Like <laughs> it's yeah. like this weird spring thing that you do after every level ends. It's really yeah, bizarre. Like the like that period where everything was like, like Nintendo was like everything has to have Mario Party in it right. somehow yeah, because yeah. for some reason those sell. <laughs> that's yeah. a good point actually. And here is the mini game collection I was talking about. Again, the, the the original game did have the mini games, but they've been kind of reorganized and put into this brand new mode here uh, that you can play anytime. And the one thing I will say too is like um, everything's integrated together. So as you complete stuff in this mini game that gives you new masks, you can then use those masks not just in these mini games, but back in the main campaign as well. So they do do a pretty good job of kind of linking all the different modes in the games together. However, your mileage will vary depending on how much you really give a crap about the masks, which I did not. Mm -hmm. Because they're just cosmetic. They don't actually do anything to alter um, the difficulty of the game or give you powers or anything like that. It's just all for show. Um, So there you go. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Available for Switch for 60 bucks, though I do not recommend paying that much for it. And as we say over and over again, waiting for a Nintendo game to drop in price is a fool's errand because it just yeah. doesn't happen all that often, unfortunately. So, um, Although maybe this one, you know. It might. <laughs> Kirby uh, and the Forgotten Land did get a decent Christmas sales, I recall. Did it? I think so. I didn't see that, but I I wasn't shopping for it either. So, I, No, I mean, we already had it, but like... I mean, for like my nephews or my nieces or anything. I, I, maybe I should have, actually. I should have got it for them instead, but... They all like Fortnite, dude. They don't like to play the games I like to play as a kid. They all just want to shoot each other in Fortnite and get their V-Bucks and all that crap. So yeah, I mean, it's that a different world from when I was a kid playing video it games. It didn't exist when, I, when I were, we were kids. Yeah, V-Bucks, Fortnite, oh, none of it existed. The best we could do was we, betray each other and joust. Yeah, we probably would have done the same thing, though. How weird is it, like, in you know that Last of Us episode where they find that, Atar- that, that arcade? And, like, it's a wonderful play. You know, all the vintage games and all this stuff. There's no, not a single game, a single arcade in a mall in 2003 that looked like that. No. Like, there's, a, there's like a vintage Frogger game and an Asteroids Deluxe and a, one of the rarest Tetris machines you'll ever see. And, the yeah. big, uh, and a Mortal Kombat 2 is like obviously a big plot point. But I'm like, I mean, you know, congrats to whoever they rented all those from who wouldn't let them age them up. Yeah. Because it's like, no, you don't touch my fucking <laughs> machine. You can rent them, but you can't like make them look like they've been through 20 years of apocalypse. Are you crazy? Yeah. But I'm like, we know that if a, 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 a mall arcade from 2003, when the world ended in that show, you're, you've got like seven skee ball games, you've got like three basketball hoop shooting yep. games, you've got air hockey table, air hockey table, ticket redemption game, yep. four four versions of Street Fighter Two, nobody plays a claw game, um, a claw or game, like five claw um, games. Yeah, claw games weren't that popular yet back then. They they got they are now. They, yeah. they got huge over the um, Daytona, Time Crisis, House of the Dead. Um, 
and and not they wouldn't have Mortal Kombat two. They'd have an Ultimate Mortal Kombat three machine that they can't figure out how to get rid of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's you know I love the scene's amazing and it's kind of I got a nice magical realist feel to it. But I'm just like I don't know what arcade that was in 2003, right. but I want to go to it because yeah. like, that's that's amazing. Yeah, like you don't see barcades with that much classic arcades. So yeah, oh, and, and that one busted ass Ms. Pac Man machine in the back that you're not sure if it's going to eat your quarter or not. Time Crisis Two without fail, Erebus Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, well, those were the days, the arcade days. I'll never mm. forget them. I'll never forget the smell of the arcades. Oh, yeah. There was a, that weird mix of... Burning transistors. Burning transistors, dust, dust B.O., <laughs> and pizza. And <laughs> pizza, yeah. There's a li- there's I pretty a, there's, much nailed it. There's a slight... <laughs> there's a hint. <laughs> there's a slight tweak on mine because the one I used to go to was in Fashion Island in, San, in Foster City. Uh-huh. And it was right next to a uh, uh, an ice skating rink. Oh. So there was a there was also a whiff of Freon oh, and cold to <laughs> right. it. So that, there was that. Tilt, yeah. tilt in Fashion Island is where yeah. we used to go. I played a lot of arcade games at roller rinks back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will say, I will say uh, if you want a hit of like, like rock-solid arcade nostalgia, uh, go to the Fox Hills Mall. Down, you know, down. Uh, uh, what's it's a famous it? mall down there? Yeah. yeah, and park. Like go. Don't like. There's a if you if you turn if you're going down. What's that? What's the street that you go down? Is that Sepulveda? Yes. Is on. So you get down there, and then you turn left into, and like immediately you can turn left, and then you turn left again into the parking garage, and it's like this weird little tiny horrible yeah, place. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking. Park about. in there. And then walk to the door there, like it's a little, you know, a little automatic door over in the uh, the corner from where you. It's like right, right across from where you come in, where you enter. It you as you walk through there, you will walk right past the the exhaust vents for the food court, <laughs> and it will blast you with a with a with a bunch of air, like a mix of all the horrible every food, kind of food, and it will smell like an '80s arcade. Really, and you will be like, "Oh, this is it." <laughs> Like that, it's a perfect mix because of the, the the dust and the ducts and the vents and the and the the ozone and the and the the, the, the AC stuff from the AC. <laughs> like it's the exact smell of an '80s arcade. '80s arcades were also really cold. Oh yeah, they're always like subarctic. They're always cold. And they're always dark. Yeah, everybody's smoking. Yeah, um, it was yeah. years. It's and, hard to find old cabinets that don't have the burn marks. Oh from yeah, cigarettes. From cigarettes for sure. Yeah. Like melt the melted yeah, thing. Yeah, right like, down to the paper and like yeah. sometimes you get the street fighter 2 ones that have that and it's like oh somebody didn't like this somebody put their quarter up so they melted the yeah. the thing to drop the quarter yeah. up oh it fell off bro I don't know what to yeah. do. um those were the days and there was of course the the gold it was called gold, before tilt was its fashion island it was called gold mine and it was a long narrow dark hallway before tilt became the family entertainment center yeah. and it was like it was two parts it was two rooms because like one room was like where in a normal store would be where the store was and, the, and then the second part was like where the back room would have been yeah but they just opened it all up to have arcade games everywhere and there was a guy who would sit on a stool in the little archway as you walked through into the other room and i would i was like six and i would just see you know people going up and saying hey man like shaking his hand i just thought he was really friendly it wasn't until like high school i'm like oh he was dealing drugs like he was the drug dealer for the arcade that's why everyone shook his hand all the time he wasn't just really friendly (laughs) the two-finger pass yeah That's great. So, how, well, how was the arcade? Those were the days, people. Yeah. <laughs> Arcades were different in 1982. I'm just telling they you. They were. Yep. There's uh, a reason in Tron that like Flynn's Arcade is like a, an adult bar yeah. lounge place. It's true. They were not for kids at the time necessarily. Yep. Okay. Well, that's gonna do it for Game Phase 332. Except we still have. Game that 
That's right. It's time for Name That Game, where I show you a series of five screenshots, and you try to guess the name of the game before this guy. A couple things before we get going. If you've won already this year, do not play. Do not guess. Do not ruin... Yep, there it is. Body Harvest from Emperor Dread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do not guess. Just sit back and chill. Also, another thing I should probably mention is that... If all our codes are for PC, so if you win, you win a game, but all the codes are for PC. So if you have no interest in a code for a PC game, also don't play. Um, I understand that does kind of suck, but look, I'll put it to you this way. We'll give you the code. If you can't use a PC code, but you want to give it to somebody, that's totally fine. But if you are sitting there and you're like, if they give me a PC code, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to tell them to keep it. Then maybe don't play. Um, and then a final thing is, don't just go all willy-nilly guessing the name of a game and just like, oh, I'm going to spam every game name I know and maybe I'll get one right. You can only guess once every 60 seconds because we put the chat on slow mode. So make your guesses count. And with that, I think we're ready to get started with Name That Game. Here is the first image. Hmm, it does look familiar. Then I've done my job well. Leisure Suit Larry, no. <laughs> Fahrenheit, no. Mass Effect 2, no. Ashes in the Hourglass got it already. Aliens. Alien Isolation. Mm. You guys are just too good. That's insane, Matt. This is two weeks in a row that somebody got it, not just on the first image, but in the first, like, five seconds. I wonder... Are, if what are, the, are those, like, the... Those are the lights, like, down, the, down like, the, the vent hallway yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Here's I knew I knew them. I just couldn't place it. Wow, I'm getting—I'm terrible with this now. I can't get past the first image anymore. Here's the second image. Mm. Here's the third image. That almost looks like like the Death Star. It's one of the doors, yeah. Here's the fourth image. Yeah, it's the. That one probably would have given it away for some people, or hell, all of them do because they got it in the first yeah, one. Well, the first one did. Yeah, and here's the last one where I show a little bit of his tail and yeah. his claw there in the shot, and that would have definitely given it away. You people are just too good. I can't, maybe we should stop doing this. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I have to, to do anymore. Like, <laughs> to make you guys not get it on the first one. You're just too good. Anyway, Ashes in the Hourglass, your round of applause for your victory. It's insane how good you guys are. It really is, Matt. Like, I guarantee you, if, like, my wife or my mom watched this, they would literally break their brain. <laughs> that somebody could look at what I put up there and guess one video game out of millions that have been released. Mm. It's amazing. Well, it's also like, like there's people, and maybe you're one of them, like you could show them like part of a play of a football game and they'd know what game it was, who was playing. Maybe. And, and like my dad used to be able to do that. Yeah. Like you could you could mention like one particular at bat and he'd know it was this guy, these these guys versus these guys. He was pitching, he was he was batting. It was this this game in the middle of the season. Like, they're just people that know that stuff. It's incredible. You guys are amazing. Um, I mean, I I don't know why I'm surprised. You guys are the hardest of the hardcore gamers. You guys, if anyone's going to be able to do this, it's you guys. And you guys knock it out of the park pretty much every single episode of Game Face. So, again, Ashes in the Hourglass, congratulations. It's amazing what you just did. Um, Johnny Hurricane says some brains are built differently. Our brains are, literally. <laughs> like, it's funny how we're able to pick out just these little things that connects the dots for us. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Ashes in the Hourglass, send me a DM. You can send it here on Twitch. You can send it to me on Twitter at Dinfire. Although, Matt, I'm leaving Twitter soon. 
So fan. Blue Sky just launched. Did you see it? No. Yep, it launched yesterday. It's on the App Store. You have to have an invite to get on it, though. That's the from the people who made Twitter? Yep. So yeah. the people who left Twitter started their new Twitter. It's called Blue Sky, and it is in the App Store now. You can download it right now. However, you have to... Um, Get an invite from somebody. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm gonna get an invite. I have the app. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. As soon as I'm in there, I am out of Twitter. Um, Sifted Games will probably stay on Twitter for at least a little while until until more people go over to Blue Sky. I am not. As soon as I can get out of Twitter, I'm out. I am have no interest in supporting Elon Musk whatsoever. So as soon as I can get out of there, I'm out of there. So any day now, Blue Sky. As soon as I get the app, I am off of Twitter. Um, but anyway, something for you guys to investigate if you might be interested in, in a new social media network. Um, again, made by the guy who built Twitter, but to make it better and to make it the way he wished he had built Twitter in the first place. So it should be pretty good. Uh, let's see. We got some questions rolling in already. Let's do some Q&A. We got some time. We got at least 10 minutes. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, let's see. Betrays. Thank you for the bits, man. That's awesome. Hope you're doing good. Melo Pintor, thank you for gifting subs. That's also awesome. Lots of questions in here already. Uh, Pot F2, never seen Shane sound so defeated. I'm not defeated. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. It's amazing what you guys do. I'm not defeated at all. I mean, it does kind of suck a little bit because I do like a lot of work on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I spend probably, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes doing, doing Name That Game pre-production. And then you guys whoop its ass in like two seconds. But it doesn't bother me. I'm just impressed by you guys. Um, Emperor Dread, Matt, did you see the Matt McMuscles video on Body Harvest? I did. What is that? Um, he's a guy. He's a YouTuber. Oh, he, okay. does, he does like he does the What Happened series, where he goes over troubled projects and sort of talks about what happened and how it turned out. And he did one on Body Harvest a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's very interesting. It's it just it really just sounds like working with Nintendo in the '90s was a nightmare. Um, it just goes over like how like what Nintendo wanted and what DMA was trying to make, and then oh, it's the, like a retrospective yeah, on Body Harvest. Yeah, it's like, oh, a, okay. like a, it's, he does. Ma- it's like making it's de- basically development hell stories, and it's just like how why did this game or this movie or this TV show turn out so weird? And uh, generally, it's like that. So he did one on Body Harvest. It's very interesting. Like he does good research and tr- does interview people who were there whenever he can, and like he gets anonymous sources that talk about what it was like. There's a couple people talking about what it was like to develop Body Harvest on Nintendo. Didn't know what they wanted, but sure didn't know what show, sure know knew what they didn't want. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of changes. It's in the this world's thing. first open world game, really, 3D open world it game. Was, I mean, it's the template for GTA 3. Yeah, and Nintendo was trying to screw it up. I got in trouble for <laughs> saying that in the State of Emergency review. Really? Because I was, I said like, you know, I basically said that. You know, DMA design is what made GTA what it was because they made GTA one and two, and then they made three, and it was very clear that that you know Body Harvest was sort of a dry run for the 3D open world thing they were doing with GTA three, and so no one should be. But they were pushing State of Emergency as though it was from the makers of GTA, right? And it wasn't. It was just a big brawler, it's just a rock star, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, this it, is pretty good evidence that you know the magic of GTA three came from DMA design and not Rockstar, yeah, because that's, that's not what's happening. And Rockstar got real mad oh, yeah, about that. And very, well, remember what we I, I sent you a text about yeah. last week? So actually, I'll share a little bit about that. And very shortly afterwards, DMA Design became Rockstar North. It did. Just saying. So here's something interesting. <laughs> I'm not saying that was me. Here's but. something interesting. So I was tasked with putting together the playlist for my best friend's memorial. And he and I have been talking with each other about music for literally like 
35, 40 years. So I know exactly what music he likes. So anyway, I was tasked with putting together the playlist and the guy who was doing the memorial was like, you need to bring it on like an iPod. And I was like, okay. He's like, it needs to have like an eighth inch jack out or whatever. And I was what? like, so anyway, I'm like, all right. I mean, this is central Pennsylvania, Matt. So I dug up this old iPod that I had and I plugged it into iTunes and miraculously it still works. It I was found like, my old iPod three a few weeks ago. It was like the last iPod. I can't believe made. we used to use it. Was like not the nano, like the last things. real one with the screen. It looks like an iPhone, but it's not. Yeah. I have yeah. one of those. So anyway, um, I'm looking on this and I find these voice memos on it. And I'm like, what the hell could these voice memos be? And I started listening to them. And some of them were like songs that I had written that I would hum like the melody into it so I wouldn't forget the song or whatever. But I came across this other one that was like 12 minutes long. And lo and behold, it was a conversation that I had with Rockstar Games after our review of Max Payne 3 was published at Game Trailers. So, <laughs> I don't know. Should I have even said that, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> and it was amazing on so many different levels. And I'll tell you why I recorded it. I knew I couldn't release it publicly uh, because it's, I think it's against the law in some states or whatever. I just wanted to cover my butt because I was afraid I was going to get fired. I thought Rockstar was going to call, and they had already called and threatened to pull marketing dollars from game trailers over our review of Max Payne 3. And so I didn't record it to like release it later or let you guys hear the call. I recorded the call in case I was gonna get fired, I was gonna play the call for HR. Mm. And I had completely forgotten that I had ever recorded it and I listened to that call and it is amazing. I wish I could share it with you, but I can't. Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, and I just ran, I texted Matt. I'm like, oh my God, I just found this phone call that I recorded with Rockstar back in the day. And it is one hell of a phone. I wish you could hear it because I kill it. <laughs> I literally effing kill it. Like he, by the end, was like, you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> and they still pulled But it. we're still going to. But we're still yeah. going to pull the marketing dollars. Yeah, and they did. They did pull the marketing dollars. Um, Justin Horman. Yuji Naka just pleaded guilty to his insider trading charges. Will we ever see his name attached to a game again? No. Probably not. And nope. honestly, even if he hadn't gotten picked up for insider trading charges, Bolan Wonderworld should have made that never happen again anyway. Yeah, regardless of that, I don't think we've ever seen another game from him either. Anyway. No. Like, I just like, don't think it would have happened. Like, how many times can you strike out? Yeah. Basically, that's what you're asking. He has struck out a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. Um, El Guapo 3385, where does Mikami's departure leave Tango? And where do you think is a good fit for him next? I think a good fit for him is to start his own studio again, start another one. Because so he starts Tango, and then Bethesda buys it. And obviously he cashes mm. in. He's rich. He's been rich forever. There were rumors that he was uh, talking to Platinum about something. That would be a good landing spot. But I think more likely he just starts his own studio again. It makes the most sense to me anyway. Sort of. I mean, that's also a lot of work. But you like, get, that's how you get rich. He's already like just rich. working for somebody. That's how you make big money, though. Working for somebody else in Japan, you're, he's going to make 200 grand a year or whatever. He's got to be. He makes a studio. Already. He sells it for 10 or 20 million. That's how you really make money in game development. So I would place my money on him starting another studio. But I do think Platinum's a good landing spot. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, his net worth is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. Japanese developers, man, they don't make the money that you think they make. Yeah, but they, he's selling Tango. They're I not like he, Cliff Blazinski, dude. Selling Tango, I thought he would have made uh, a little more than that. Yeah. Hmm. Mellow Pintor, thank you for the subs. 
Swanland, did you ever get around to Terrifier 2? I still haven't. I, I, mean, I, I did mention earlier that I watched the new Halloween movie on a, the flight, and that was a huge mistake. Um, OCD Master 1, if Suicide Squad is not a hit, do you think that's the end of Rocksteady? Great question. Um, God, at this point, who knows what happens in Warner Brothers? Like, they're, Zaslav is canceling weird things, and I mean, you, nothing is safe at this point, yeah. I would say. Yeah, that's, even if Suicide Squad is a hit, you don't know yeah, you what really they're going to do with it. Not them, anymore. Man. Um, I would say it's it would be in danger, for sure. Yeah, and I do think part of it is that like I would guess that they would have some talent. I would guess that they've got they would probably be told like okay you got one more shot you got you got three years to put something that sells out and if not and that would be fair yeah that would be fair I wouldn't complain about that if I were Rockstar my I mean at the end of this I can't imagine the the direct you know assuming it doesn't review or or sell very well because I'm like man I don't see a lot of I mean obviously the enthusiast community on twitter is not necessarily indicative of the mainstream audience but like i don't know i don't see this thing being the hit that the other rocksteady games have been and like the in the end like i i mean i i cannot imagine the warner brothers brass not going to them like make us an actual batman game again that's gonna sell and stop it yeah like make us it or like busting around or if james gunn is saying you know james gunn's saying they're all gonna be unified across all media yeah, you know, with a DC Universe thing, mm-hmm. or maybe he goes to them and because he knows video games, he yeah. could be, be like, "All right, you're going to do a do a game for Brave and the Bold that the game the movie he's doing with a like kind of dad Batman with mm-hmm. you know the Bat family." He's like, "Let's you know let's do it upright," and like that could be something. Yeah. Like there's certainly who I'd go to for that, but like I feel like they're not in a you know they're not in a position to dictate terms anymore. I don't think after this. Yep. Um, Barry Lomax, were you able to order your DJ controller yet? No, they're still not restocked on Amazon. Hmm. I have literally like two thousand dollars of gift card credit waiting on amazon for it to just be restocked oh i have sent i sent an email to pioneer i'm like yo i asked people in my family for two years for amazon gift cards to buy this thing can you please restock it and they're like they've sent me some form email blah, 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 mm. corporate nonsense so right. and i can't I, I just have to check it because there's no alerts for the item i have to check it like once every three days it, it sucks but I'm not gonna give up. I've come too far to turn back now. Oh, I, I looked up when after we talked about the uh, like the other last week or the week before or whatever. I looked up I mean, that connector for Rock Band for mm-hmm. the Xbox One. Oh yeah. Guess how much that is now? Three fifty. Five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! I may have like two of them. If you have one, you should go sell it on eBay for a few hundred. Oh, bucks. I'll absolutely sell it. I have one somewhere. I don't know. I'd have to dig it up. But I was looking for. I mean, I will say this: uh, you, you talk about sometimes about how, like, oh, the, the plastic, the plastic instruments are not cheap anymore. Really? Like a working rock band guitar, get you say at least eighty hundred dollars. Really? And like the nicer ones, like stuff in package, hundreds. Wow. A full set, like the full. You remember the full, they sell the full yeah. set, a full sealed set of that, eight nine hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Like those, those are worth some stuff right, if you got yeah. them in good condition. <laughs> part, and I'm sure part of that is because you can't. Tell if they work, you know. Right. Like, you pay, you pay whatever for these stupid guitars. They show up in the up click the doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah, yeah, like that would be terrible. That would, be, that would suck. Derek D one one one. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's and all, all the shipping is the shipping is like one of those guitars is like thirty forty bucks because they're yeah. so hard, awkward. I feel like guitar that, that the plastic instrument thing. You're gonna have to. Um, you're better off looking in person. I think. Yeah. Interesting. Looking locally. I oh uh, Kevin Raffa, will you borrow a Mass PlayStation VR two? I will eventually, yeah. and then I'll talk about it for like five minutes. <laughs> We've already covered it pretty in depth here. I'll just give my very quick impression. Unless you horribly disagree, 
Well, unless or, it makes me so unless nauseous. you just make you so sick you can't play anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All I will say is I will caution you on GT Gran Turismo. Yeah. That was the one thing that it made might me, throw me for a loop. You might want to play that last. Okay, <laughs> uh, Mike's Q. Did either of you ever play RE4 on the Wii with the motion controls? I think it's my favorite way to play the game. I did, and I thought it was great. I, I agree did. with you. I it, it almost made it too easy. I it thought. worked, but I didn't like. I don't like motion controls so. i liked it but i thought it made the game maybe a little bit too it easy. was very easy it was very it's much more reliable to headshot things and kneecap mm-hmm. things be way, and be way more i was way more accurate more quick with the motion controls i oh Erebus jones the ftc judge today dismissed most of sony's protests at handing over documents for discovery and they now have to provide all exclusivity contracts back to the start of 2019 when this becomes public which third-party deal do you think is going to have cost them the most yeah <laughs> Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I mean, I would know. imagine Call of Duty in terms of like you would think being lead skew kind of thing. I don't know. I really don't. This just gets more crazy by the day. It's like I never dreamed this that would is drag a, on. That is a backfire and a half, right? You know they didn't want to have to make that. Public. Oh no way! No way! Yeah, uh, hope, hope is worth it, guys. For he's gonna lose, and the like. There's no way that gets blocked. And now Microsoft's going around being like, "Eh, we don't really care if the Activision thing happens or not." Now, like we're we're good. And it's just like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, Shane, is that dog meat on your shirt? It absolutely mm-hmm. is. I would flip to my one cam, but we have it set up to show off PlayStation VR too. But yep. Uh, one more question. And here's one from Vincent. Which which Olympic esport are you going to compete in? None. But which one would we compete mm-hmm. in? Chess, Just Dance, GT7, or Konami Baseball? It was weird what they chose for that. Yeah. I was like, what? Why would you choose these games? Why wouldn't you pick something that is actually an esport? Yeah, I don't understand what they're thinking there. But for me, Just Dance, it's not even like a game that you play. It's like loosey-goosey, like, mm-hmm. just waggle around. Like, that's insane. Very it's weird. It's definitely GT7, It's without a doubt. Like, it's the if only I got, real If I got to pick one of them, I guess I'd pick GT7. Yeah. It's but I wouldn't be any good at it. Yeah. All right, that's it for Game Face 332. Before we go, do not forget, go to creamls.com, use a store locator, go buy yourself some LS cream, spike your coffee in the morning, it'll get your day off to a great start. That's what I do. Actually, I don't. I don't even drink coffee. But it is a great liquor that goes well with a lot of things. That's a lie. And so go to CreamLS.com. There's a store locator there. There's the backstory behind LS Cream. It's made by a sifter. It's made by a gamer. Support us, our collective of people. Um, Don't forget, we'll be back on Tuesday. So just four or five days to wait for the next episode of Game Face. And I think we're going to have enough games to do a real show. It may end a little early. We'll see. Um, but I want to make sure we get back onto the Tuesday schedule because that seems to work the best with game releases and all that other kind of stuff. So um, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in on this very special episode on Thursday. I really appreciate you guys making it in for the stream today. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.